Hey, what's good, y'all? Before we start this episode, this amazing episode that we recorded, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Beyond the Music Retreat, which is a DJ conference popping off next week from June 13th to June 15th in Lickfield Park, Arizona at the Wigwam Resort. You can register at Beyond the Music retreat.com there's going to be a bunch of panels mm-hmm. it's like uh it's just going to be very educational and it's about mental health physical health it's about the industry one of the panels is breaking out the bedroom and they have all these bookers from nightclubs and agencies speaking there's another one technology beyond techniques and they've got like zimmy on there mojax they're going to talk about equipment they're succeeding on socials melody nick spinelli our boy from jersey Bella Fiasco, Hubby Beats from TikTok. Mm-hmm. They're going to speak about social media. There's another panel, Sample Packs and Hi-Hats for producers. Mm-hmm. You got great dudes like James Hype, Mac J, oh, Big uh, Dogs, Big Dogs. Yes. Damn. You have Nick Bike, Kid Spin, mm-hmm. very talented producers. They're going to talk about production. And then you have Beyond the Booth mm-hmm. with DJ Vice and... Dun, 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 dun. D nice. Ah, uh-huh, shit. The one and only. The one and only D nice is coming out. The, the big, 808. <laughs> the biggest DJ in the world right uh-huh. now. And then they're starting your own party, mm-hmm. which is about, you know, DJ starting their own party. Mm-hmm. I will actually be hosting that panel. Wow. Even though I've never started a party. I'm about yeah, to ask you that. How you do that? And you're, you're I just know, but I know you know, what I, you know. I know a lot. <laughs> Because I, I've worked with a lot of motherfuckers who have started their own party. Uh-huh. And um, I think they originally tried to get MoMA, yeah. which would have been amazing, mm-hmm. but he had uh, scheduling issues. Yes. So I brought Nopa Slaps over there. I brought Jerome Baker the third mm. from DC okay. oh, the over right. there. There's Too Deep from LA over there. Mm-hmm. There's Raul. Raul is oh, Raul. Oh, Raul, oh, Raul wow. Yeah. So I brought Raul from Peach the ho- Fuzz. The homies. Yeah, from Peach Fuzz in Miami. So uh-huh. they're going to talk. Raul is an OG. So OG. Yeah. Oh, the fact yeah. that you can speak with Raul, and he and he won't shut the fuck up either. He loves yeah. talking about the industry. He knows mm-hmm. everything, you know? too. He'll be there from Miami. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to kind of end it off with something about mental health and physical health with his uh, Check Yourself panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's with Audio One, mm-hmm. DJ Lima. They loved DJ Lima's episode on Road. Uh-huh. And they're like, and Vice was like, we got to bring him on for this panel. Yeah. yeah. And then they got Lady Shaw. I love Lady love Shaw. Lady so Shaw. One yeah. of my favorite DJs in LA. Yes. And DJ Scene is over there. And he's nice. going to, oh, nice. DJ yeah, Scene's going to talk about sobriety. Uh huh. And then, Neva, you're kind of going through a sobriety. Yeah. I would right I'm now. definitely going to check that out. Yeah. I'll be there. The final panel is a podcast panel. Uh-huh. DJ Spider and Roll Podcast are going to work together. Mm-hmm. DJ Spider from the 20 Podcast and Beat Source. Yeah. And of course, Reflections of a DJ Us. Oh, shit. And we're kind of the last panel because we're going to recap the whole retreat, the whole DJ conference and the experience. Mm -hmm. We're going to take our notes. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to kind of critique like, oh, this was great. This wasn't so great. And we're going to shit on certain people. Nice. No, we won't do that. We're going to shine on certain people. (laughs) But anyway, any, you know, registry is still open. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think there's some rooms left, you know, and passes left and everything. Yeah. Um, Everyone's been hitting me up on the side. Like, is this worth it? And the only thing I can say is when was the last time could you be around 50 plus DJs at once? And talk about your problems in the industry, like as a community, and find a solution. Yeah. It's very rare for that to happen. Yes. Not only that, you're going to be talking with a bunch of DJs you would never have access yeah, to. When are you going to have access to DJs like D Nice, yeah, exactly, Melo D, yeah. Nick Bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know all of these DJs who like you can speak to. 
And not only that, it's a community thing, man. There's probably a bunch of DJs you know from Twitter and Instagram. Twitch. Yeah. And you guys have talked on the phone or Zoomed or I don't know. Now you get to meet up meet with them. Meet them in person, yeah. And, you know, it, it's really kind of a rare thing to to have right now in this mm-hmm. day and age, especially after the pandemic. Yeah. Is to have a bunch of DJs to come together, talk about the problems that we all face mm-hmm. personally, you know, professionally yeah. and beyond Right beyond the music, beyond, beyond the music, the music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like never you were saying, yeah, like right? I said, we all can't get invited to the Jazzy Jeff um, retreat, the so. playlist retreat, <laughs> playlist retreat. So this is the closest thing, yeah, to having all the DJs meet up and hang out. So once again, it's beyondthemusicretreat.com. Yes, mm-hmm. registry still open. Hopefully, we'll see you out there, man. And I'm I'm really looking forward. To talk with y'all, hanging out with y'all. We're yeah. gonna be doing some live interviews. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I think you yeah. have been seeing some of uh, our reels and TikToks. We've been like interviewing motherfuckers. Well, we're gonna do a bunch of those interviews with y'all. So be ready. So and then maybe ready. we could go to the strip club. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Let us know what's the hot spot in Arizona. Where the, where the real bonding happens. Yeah, That's what happens, yeah. Cricket is in front of that panel. <laughs> First of all, I, 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 tweet, <laughs> I tweeted a joke. I said, all right, so like this is all positive and good, but you know, we all need to like, let, like you know, we need to loosen up and go to like a strip club, have a strip club a late night after party. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't even know where Lick, Lickfield Park We don't is. even know where that is. Arizona. Know. It's probably like three hours away. <laughs> yes. It's but, but anyway, I, I'm looking forward to seeing y'all and we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. On to the episode. Hey, it was good. It was good. It was good. Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. What's good? What's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And we got a special guest. I haven't seen this motherfucker in forever. Like, mm-hmm. in forever. Maybe like three years? I don't know. Yeah, I would say three years. Three years or so. Yeah. Coming from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He came into town to DJ a couple gigs mm-hmm. uh, for Jardine. Mm-hmm. The dispensary. Shout to DJ Bonix who brought you out. Absolutely. Yeah. DJ Marvel here yes, in the building. What's good? Hey. good Marvel. What's up, guys? How so, hey, what's up, man? This is like last minute because he hit me up this morning, like, you know, mm-hmm. like on oh, my flights tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, like I ain't got shit to do. So I was just like, yo, just come come <laughs> to my crib. Out. Yeah, come to my crib and like kick it and like, you know. I made him a little uh, lunch. Nice. Little? Yeah. Little? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He chopped up a big salad. It was good. Nice. <laughs> and made like a turkey burger too. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then- uh, Chef Crooked. Yeah. And then we, I was just like, if you want to sit in on, on this episode, we have like some things we got to talk about, mm-hmm. obviously. All right. So if you guys don't know, uh, like a lot of shit's been popping off, right? Right, right, right. Recently, um, we had a clip that kind of went, I don't know, just upset- the beehive it was a i mean it's like it's a long story but basically a couple of episodes ago i think mm-hmm. episode 233 mm-hmm. i think it was called miserable is safe yeah we had a conversation i think we were recapping lovers and friends amy Marie was performing i was saying amy Marie looks great she sounds great mm-hmm. she has um, like maybe the best legs in r&b and we, mm-hmm. we were like beyonce has like you know maybe beyonce and amy Marie has the best legs in r&b yeah and it never came through it was like you know, I always thought, <laughs> I don't know how we went from like the best legs in R&B True. and then to then never comes no, over you, here. Because she was talking about how Emery, she did, she performed early in the day. Yeah. She yeah. kind of had like the the whack hours. Yeah, yeah. Set time. The, the set time was kind of whack. Yeah. And then it was just, I just thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, Emery was actually Beyonce before and Beyonce blew up. She kind of took a sound. Mm. Yeah. And before you know it, everybody's like. But it was just like you just saying it, yeah. like 
just saying it like in a conversation. Yeah, like, I just came mm-hmm. up with it. I'm just like, so, but then in the clip, like all the so basically, if you say anything negative about Beyonce, oh man, yep. the Beehive's gonna know. Mm. Uh, I but was not call- that bad. I didn't think it was going to get you out. Didn't of didn't think hand. it was that bad. I didn't think it was going to get out of hand like it did. Well, I don't really care anymore. That's the <laughs> problem. I thought it was amazing. You thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. I don't care no more. Like the shit don't affect me. You know, the I, funny yeah. thing is, I thought a lot of people kind of knew that already but i guess well like we have to talk about rich harrison right so you put it out there that beyonce took the amory sound which is yeah. rich harrison production exactly right yeah. everyone's like how the fuck could you say that yeah. because crazy in love doesn't sound like anything that amory came out with right. that's not the point yeah the point is that rich harrison produced a whole album for amory mm-hmm. and at the time we you know her she was kind of popping Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Beyonce was struggling to find a single. Mm-hmm. So through Amory Poppin, right, she found Rich Harrison and Beyonce kind of recruited Rich Harrison. Right. And let's not forget, they was both on Columbia Records. Right. So, yeah. so like, all of this, we, we were kind of talking about this, but of course on the clip, no one's going to see, like, the 15, 20-minute conversation we had. No, right, right. They're just going to see the one minute of never being the asshole saying that <laughs> that A. Marie was Beyonce before yeah. Beyonce or yeah. something, right? Yeah. And I was reading a tweet from Defunk yes. mm-hmm. who kind of like a few months ago introduced this whole kind of theory. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like a theory that no one thought about. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he kind of broke it down in a great way, mm-hmm. which was what we just talked about. Yeah. So I read that tweet and everyone thought I was thinking what I said or I But that was your yeah. opinion. Yeah, that was Yeah, you. but I was just reading Defunk's words. Everybody know? came after you, man. So no one really came after Never, but Never. everyone just came Never's after Never's the first face you see on the clip. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, so like the Beehive came after me. Yeah. They came after Roll Podcast. Mm-hmm. I think they called probably you or I scrotum face. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought me and D were not on the clip at yeah. all. It was just you. Two. I know. I mean, yeah. yeah. But they did say they did say there's two black guys were shucking and driving. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I was on the. Clip. I was offended by that comment. <laughs> I was like, damn, shucking. Why are you bringing slave talk up in here? Like, is that is that where shucking and driving came from? Oh, I think that's like when like. It's like it's like the early version of Uncle Tom. Like yeah. before it was Uncle oh. Tom, it was like, oh, like you Amos and Andy. Driving. Amos and Andy, I'm not oh, familiar okay. with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's like when you're kissing the white man's ass. Yeah. Like you're trying to be on the good man. What would that sound like? What would that sound like? Like, hey, man, so you sure are looking good today. <laughs> yeah, that was too good, Cricket. Marvel. Remember Marvel. The black dude? Marvel. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, Marvel, you toxic. You're like, you being toxic right now, man. Am I? Yeah, you're making a black man do, from the, a Canadian, do that voice and shit. I know, right? I need a Canadian like uh, view of this. I need to see what it looks like. What was the, what was the movie? Uh, what was the He's doing that Canada shit. We, we don't know what slaves are in Canada. <laughs> hey. We yeah. have nothing to do with that. We got a free healthcare. Over here. Yeah, what was the black man? What was it? Uh, Samuel Jackson's character in Django? Oh, yeah. Oh. He was the, that was like that's like yeah. the epitome of okay. like okay. a shucking and jiving kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, so we, you want to read some of these comments, D? Yeah, we can. Because the, the comments were crazy. I mean, yeah, just, your own boys turn their back on you, Crooked. <laughs> yeah, from even, New York. So my, <laughs> so my boy from fucking Spanish Harlem, Spank. I used to produce his beats. He like he's been, def- he, yeah, he's been on this podcast. He's been on this podcast. He even because we got reposted by Hollywood Unlocked. Yeah, yeah. Shout the, to Jason and, Lee. And shout and to Jason Lee. Jason, I don't know. First of all, Jason Lee don't know us, and you don't know. Jason I, I, Lee. I know Jason Lee, by the way. 
Shut up. <laughs> God damn these LA motherfuckers. I do know him. What you what did you do? You handed him like caviar? No, no, no. He's been around for a long time around. I met you handed him, him like a cracker with caviar at Diddy's party? No. He wasn't at You got him sneakers? No, no, he was just somebody that was around. But anyway, yeah. No, no, but you can't say you know him, right? I've met him. You could say he I've knows met who him. I am and I don't, don't know who, who you are. He don't know who you are. Yeah, he knows. Cookie, you don't know that, man. He knows who I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> How many meetings have we had? And we said, hey, what kind of guests can we bring, right? Uh And he's in five years, he's maybe brought one. Mm -hmm. He's never pulled through with another. So you don't know none of these motherfuckers. That's true. I know this dude. I know that. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, He's like, "Uh, yeah. Let me get to this comment, man. So one of the ones was like, you are an Asian man. You will never have the clearance to speak on Beyonce. Stick to K-pop. And that's directed at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not directed I'm just, at them. I'm just making sure. I want is you. <laughs> I, was, I was so like everyone's talking about Korean, right? They yeah. keep bringing, yeah. and I was like, well, how did he know I'm Korean? And I realized my Twitter handle is Korean Blow. <laughs> he gave it away, buddy. You owe Dusty Podcast n words. <laughs> Make Wait, me you, sick. You, you can say, say the, the N word, D. I know, but I don't like to. <laughs> Go ahead, D. You old dusty podcast N word. You just imitated shucking and diving earlier. <laughs> but I you think, don't want to say the full gambit. He's trying to better himself, guys. I think that's more offensive. <laughs> right, I'm going to say it for the sake of the uh, argument or the sake Go of ahead. this conversation. Yes, you so. old dusty podcast niggas make me sick. <laughs> that sounds, sounds. And y'all, y'all, all y'all do is lie. <laughs> Yo, so there was a lot of comments that yeah. said, like, take mics away from men. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of anti-men. Like, men should never have podcasts. Yeah, for grown-ass men should not Men should be pod- banned from having podcasts <laughs> and having mics. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, do they, these motherfuckers think we're, like, what was that podcast that's real toxic? Fit and Fresh? Oh, yeah, Fit and Fresh. I'm like, we don't talk about... Women like that. Me, meanwhile, we just had an episode talking about faking a girlfriend and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Wait, On the ahead. same Wait, episode. Keep, keep reading the comments. Oh, man. Keep reading this. Shake my head. How the Korean male tried to do the setup, like... A. Marie is quote unquote reclaiming her sound. He's looking out for the half Korean. Of course, the black males are going to do their shucking and jiving. Y'all must be descending to the ones that sold us down the river. Ooh, Damn. Wow. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <no. laughs> but my question is how the fuck will you guys shucking and jiving know. for is me? Is it cause just because we agree? Maybe because we didn't disagree. <laughs> but you, you're the one you that I love that argument. <laughs> I like how never got no harassment at all. And it all stems nothing. from you, Crooked. You got no harassment, bro. <laughs> no. You got I nothing. I mean. He got to weigh scot-free on this. Maybe because I'm black. <laughs> so. The worst part. <laughs> didn't somebody put like a Korean that, uh, black you know, face? You know, I, I was actually offended by that one. The, the, the Korean, Korean black face. You were offended by the tweet or the fact that they were Koreans in blackface? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Actually both, but nah, that was like, damn, that's going too far though. Yo, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of afraid to say this, right? Mm-hmm. But like the beehive, yeah. then I feel like they're not what they used to be. Think they used to be more harsh? I think they were like way. I feel like the the hive was. I feel like they've gotten older, a, yeah. uh, like a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about it. She was <laughs> on a run in 2010. That's 12 years ago. When was the beehive a threat? Like that when, time. Around 2011. Yeah, but I think, yeah, exactly. I think, around that um, time. Right. When that video came out of uh, Beyonce's sister and Jay-Z having that- I was going to say that. In the oh, 2014, 2014. That was like, that was like, they was defending her to the fullest. Like, so that was like eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago. All right. Ten years. Like so when, now, so now they, they- When Lemonade came out. Oh, that, that? Now you're pushing into 2015. All right. 
That lemonade was 2015. Yeah, 2015. 2015. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so like it's. I feel like they're not the same no more. Nah, nah. they got soft. They kind of well, like I feel. Look at the character me now. You Mexican. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like they, they, they feel like like they was at their prime in probably like 2013, 14, 15. Exactly. Right? I feel that way. Now they're kind of like they, they like the. The like, dude on the field with like a busted hip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like they pick and choose their spots too at this point. Because Beyonce hasn't really been in the media much lately, right? Yeah. Like she don't be out there. She's a mom. It's different. Like, but she's we not really- we pissed she- off like a bunch of motherfuckers though. Because yeah. I was yeah. I was talking with Jamie about it, right? Uh-huh. So we pissed off our own community of DJs, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we had Joe Maz on, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, I feel like that was pretty harsh. Yeah, that's because that was like our peers, right? Yeah. 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 So we we kind of barely survived that. But before right? that, because <laughs> it was it was it was rough, right? It was rough. We were pissed off. Yeah. Like there were a lot off. of people were uh, really upset that we even gave him that platform for like right. two, three weeks. Like, good friends of ours is pissed off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. And then we had like Nigeria pissed off at us, right? Before oh, when we. We had yeah. the, uh, with Cypher because we had Cypher sounds on uh-huh. and we had a conversation talking about. We were about saying that uh, Sean Paul was nowhere as big as Wizkid. Yeah, no, no, right. Uh, uh, Wizkid would never be as big as Sean Paul. Right, mm. and they yeah. came after us because we dissed the start. Well, point. Cypher said that. Right. Cypher sounds. Well, we got the heat. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what, it, what was worse was that uh, I don't know the way the video was cropped. It only showed DJ City's like watermark. So everyone oh, thought they got. So DJ City got the heat. Oh. Yeah. So they had like thousands of Nigerians, a whole country just on their ass. Yeah. And but for some reason they thought Cypher Sounds was DJ his name was DJ City. Oh, like DJ City. Okay. Yeah, so, so they, they were, were like adding- they were like, ah, DJ City, why don't you lose weight? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> Like DJ, <laughs> so don't, don't start them up again. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're, we're cool with the Nigerians. DJ City, shut your mouth. Yeah. The beehive in the Nigerians gonna fucking <laughs> you yeah, go right? after us. Transforming to I have never heard of you, end, DJ end City. DJ City, I've never heard of you. You are ugly. Like, like they were just going on. They wow. thought Cipher Sounds was DJ oh City. Oh my god! <laughs> so we survived the Nigeria, the Nigerian, uh, Nigerians, yes. yeah. the whole country. Yeah, I think Nigeria is bad. But the funny thing about Nigeria, and I think we've said this before. They're the only motherfuckers who really went at us. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Cypher like posted a video explaining what happened and like, you know, kind of broke it down, he's like, I've always been in support of Afrobeats and WizKid mm-hmm. for like ten years, even mm-hmm. before like Afrobeats popped off. Yeah. Like they're the only motherfuckers who like apologized after. Yeah, they were yeah. super nice. Like they uh, literally commented, Oh, thank you for clearing this up. Like, we're sorry. Yeah. I've no never seen just like no, no Americans would ever do that. Nah, <laughs> no. Nah. But so, only night, only then like all everyone that was trolling and everyone that was attacking us came back. The wow. Nigerians were like, "Yo, like we're sorry." They made a whole post saying, "Okay, you guys are good." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but like, like we, comments like, as much as we went viral for like fucking up, <laughs> right? For what they thought we fucked up with, yeah. like. We went viral because they were all apologizing. Like each wow. one, it wasn't even like some of them. It was like all of them were yeah. like, "I'm sorry," and it just showed like the cultural differences. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was dope because he went on a whole other podcast and explained everything. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was really dope of him. And it really, I listened to the whole thing, and he really like shed light on what he was trying to point out. Like he was never trying to shit on Wizkid. He was just saying the commercial success that Sean Paul has had in the states, Wizkid hadn't reached that. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to just mm-hmm. give a point of reference, you know what I mean? But that clip that he showed, like he was shitting on Wizkid, is saying he would never be as big as Sean Paul. Yeah, so it so was cool. You don't think that Beehive is gonna get in your comments and 
apologize? No. no. They had the no. chance already. <laughs> they kept shitting on. Shitting on. I, I don't think that's the American way. Yeah. No. You know, like, it's definitely not. Especially, yeah. like, you know, the, the problem is, is, like, who's the biggest uh, marketing influence in the past five years for America? It's Trump. Yeah. So, like, you know, if that's the biggest marketing influence right now, everyone's going to somewhat follow that. Yeah. Even if it's not, even if they're, like, they don't agree with his stance on everything and they think he's an idiot and an mm. asshole, if it's effective, everyone's is just brainwashed. They're going to follow that lead yeah. on how marketing and, and, and voicing your opinions and arguments. I mean, even us, you know, we have a one-minute clip on Reels, right, for Instagram. Yeah. Mm. On, on Twitter, it's like, how much can we explain in one minute? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can just put the argument out there. We can't really like put the resolution out there. But even if we do put the resolution out there, no one's going to give a fuck. Nah. Yeah, because you did, a, you did a, a recap, right? Well, like, a sly recap. Well, uh, shout to Fat Fingers mm -hmm. in New York. He actually, he's cool with um, DJ Sir Charles. Right. And Sir Charles at the time, um, he was like the senior director of DJ Marketing and promotions for Columbia. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is like 2001. Mm -hmm. So Sir Charles worked with Fat Fingers together and actually told him this Amarie Beyonce story. So Fat Fingers was like, yo, look what's going on. This shit is blowing up. It's on Hollywood Unlocked. Like, like people need to hear what you told me. Right. And, you know, Sir Charles took the time to write this amazing, Whoa. like incredible breakdown mm -hmm. Of like what ha what was happening yeah, yeah, at the detail. time, mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to kind of go through it and shit. Hell like yeah. we all read it and it was amazing. Yeah, and I actually posted it, and the beehive was still like, "This don't mean shit." <laughs> 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 They're like, "This is fake news. Y'all making shit up." And they were like, "Discredit Sir Charles. Like, yeah, who yeah. is this dude? Like, well, they, <laughs> the thing is, I said in the tweet, "This is from Sir Charles," and they're like, "You Korean? You don't know what you're talking about." I'm like, yeah. I didn't write this shit. <laughs> like, it's so obvious like, I didn't write this shit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but see, like I the, the great thing about now is like I don't really care if they come at me or they come at Road Podcast on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That shit doesn't affect my real life at all. No, we we yeah. just posted it and we went about our day and this shit went crazy. And then we just look at it and then I'll like literally go through the comments and I'll screenshot and I'll send it to these motherfuckers. Yeah. And the funny, funny ones, and we'll <laughs> laugh at the shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really nuts how. How people have nothing else to do. I know, do. man. Yeah. It's crazy. But I wanted to read these uh, Sir Charles things. And actually, I posted on Rhodes' Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it's like five pages. It's it's a little long. It's like a, a somewhat long read. It's worth reading. But it's Check worth it. it. It's so great. Yep. Uh, so Sir Charles, this is him, right? Nobody, I mean, nobody knows exactly what happened in this situation but me. For years, I've heard every assumption, theory, perception, etc., of what happened. I came to Columbia Records in January 2001 from TVT Records. Coming as a new hire, my job was to rebuild the DJ department and repurpose the, uh, the focus of the street team. All right? My title was Senior Director of DJ Marketing Promotions. Same position I held at MCA and TVT. My first project coming in was Amory's first album. She wasn't a priority. Her manager had a great relationship with the SVP and was able to secure a deal for his artist, Amory. I was asked to make this project work. Coming from DC, mm. I was already familiar with Rich Harrison and his production history with Chucky Thompson, etc. Chucky Thompson is one of the hitmen for Rest uh, in peace, Chucky Thompson. Rest he in peace, Chucky last Thompson. Year. Yeah. One of the hitmen for uh, Diddy and Puffy yeah, and uh -huh. Bad Boy. Mm -hmm. um, so Sir, Sir Charles continues. 
the first single they played for me was Talking to Me. We all know Talking to Me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's I liked it, but not as a first single. Right. Yeah. The, the um they even shot a video and were ready to put it out. I listened to the whole album and told them, "Why don't we fall in love?" I said, "That fits her vibe. It's a real girl next door sweetheart kind of vibe." So he actually handpicked uh, why, don't why don't we fall in love as their first single? That was a good call too. It was. Uh, it was a great yeah. call, right? Yep. Uh, the label in Rich said that's not a full song. It's just an interlude. Imagine that was an interlude, and it's only two minutes and. Which 40 is my problem with the song. It was like too short. Yeah. Just like, like yeah, because they were, they were like it's only two minutes and 40, yeah. 40 uh, seconds. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and if you think about it now, that's about the average. Yeah, that's yeah. average. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, and then um, Sir Charles was like, "Well, let's extend it." You know. He's like, uh, let's put like a four-bar intro loop in the beginning and DJs will cut that up. Yeah. That was another genius thing to do, right? Yep. It's, it's funny, like, we hear all these stories and when DJs are involved in breaking a record, the record is always way huger and it's insane. And right. the artist is also, you know, it, it's just a great story. But I think I'm going to continue reading, but this just shows like how important DJs are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, if anything, like... The Amory and the Beyonce comparison, it's all drama, like, you know, whatever, blase, blah, blah, beehive, you know. Right. Everyone's going to be angry or whatever. But this story is really about, like, how important DJs are. Yeah. Especially when breaking an artist or breaking a record. Yeah. Like, DJs have the ear and they know the audience. And you know it's what organic I'm too. It's organic. Like when he Always said that organic, about yeah. putting the, the four bar intro, I was like, yo, that's genius because he knows DJs are going to be playing in the club. They need that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he said, um, They said, whatever you want to do, Corey Rooney and Rich brought me to Sony Studios and made the edit. At the time, I was in the Technician's DJ crew. We were 400 national influential DJs. We had a meeting. I said, I need the squad to get behind this record. We all played it weeks in a row. I was on Music Choice spinning weekly. Mm -hmm. We had DJs in every city and every station that mattered. We did a mix show retreat in Vegas and invited Amory. They met her. The rest is history. (laughs) All right. This is a lot of work for one record. And for people that don't know, Music Choice was uh, available on cable TV. So, like, if you had your cable TV, you could have, like, those those music channels. Music Choice was always one of the channels. And I've actually heard a lot of new music off of that back in the early 2000s. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, if you had, like, a, a subscriber to a cable network, Music Choice and a bunch of other channels, like, separated by genre... It was yeah. always an option to like go to that channel and just listen to music through your television. Yeah, it was like Pandora's app, but in, in a visual. Until, yeah, was it like the box? Pretty much, but yeah, no yeah. visuals. Yeah, just it, what it would it do. It was just the cover art. Of it would be the cover art, and then it would just they would give you history trivia of the artist. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Talk about where they're from or how they started, stuff like that. Oh, interesting. They're like cool. a countryside. I've never even heard. Never you ever heard of that? Never heard of it before. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Sir Charles goes on. So while this is happening, Beyonce's going solo with her new single, Work It, from the gold member Austin Powers movie. Never Remember you brought that, that up? up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was her first solo effort, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Work It, um, being her full, first solo effort, you said it was a flop, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was a flop, but yeah. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were expecting so much more from her, especially from yeah. Destiny's Child with Independent Women. Exactly. And then... I didn't realize this either. Someone brought this up to me. But, so then there was Kelly Rowland who had dilemma with Nelly, mm-hmm. and but that, that was a huge. But that was after range. work it. it. Yeah, that's what. I'm, but I'm saying that's why the pressure was on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because everyone thought from Destiny's Child, Beyonce's well, that's the star. Yeah, but here the second girl, yeah. Kelly Rowland has a bigger song. Yeah, so I know there was fucking pressure on the label. Wasn't she on Columbia too, Kelly Rowland? Well, um, that was on um, Nelly's album. No, but it was on her album as well. 
Yeah, it was. But it, it was, was like first, a joint thing. Yeah, but it was first came on the Nelly album, so it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't get on. It didn't get on her album until. But still with up. that. But still with that song, it, it created more interest for her, her solo. Yeah, effort, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure from Beyonce's camp, right? Yeah. And from from Columbia's perspective, mm-hmm. they're like, all right, we got to do something. We have to do something because Beyonce is the star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and everyone's putting their efforts into Beyonce, so and don't forget her father was the manager at the time, and I think he worked at Columbia Records as well. I mean that would make sense. Yeah. Do you think he was managing Kelly Rowland too? He had to be, yeah. I wonder if there was like a thing where, I mean, could he could he really manage her properly if his daughter is? I don't know if he's managing his daughter as well. I think his daughter got come first, and then absolutely. <laughs> there's a whole part. There's probably a whole story behind that. Yeah, too. exactly. I won't even All right. talk about that. So, um, so Sir Charles says, uh, in a company staff meeting, I told the staff and CEO when they asked my opinion as the new guy if the Work It record mm-hmm. was a hit. I said no. I said not after the hit she had in Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the meeting was shocked. Mm-hmm. I even got reprimanded. I said I actually come from radio, WPGC, and no one in the company has my experience. I said the record will be number one, but it'll drop off the Billboard charts in two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. It did just that. Oh, Meanwhile, Amory was on fire, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. him and his team were pushing that record on radio. Yeah. So Why Don't We Fall In Love was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, she crushed all the other women on the label, most airplay. So the head of Urban came to my office around 7 p.m., I worked late. He asked me to call Rich and get a track for Beyonce. So now we're hearing, all right, nothing's working with Beyonce right now, right? Mm-hmm. But Amy Marie's on fire. Yeah. Who did the production? Rich Harrison. Man, maybe he can work some magic with Beyonce, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Would that would that even be around if there wasn't an Amy Marie? No. No. Mm-hmm. Would that be around if there were no DJs pushing those records? Absolutely not. Nope. So then- now we go on. Um, so the head of Urban came to my office around 7 p.m. I work late. He asked me to call Rich, get a track for Beyonce. I call Rich while Mark is in my office and ask Rich, and he said he had the perfect song. I'm sure it was originally for Amory. Here's the key thing. Mm. I'm sure it was originally for Amory, but her management was trying to get, I think, a production deal with Rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they like wanted to lock him in so that he could only produce for Amory. Like in-house production? And yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rich was like, I got this song, Crazy in Love, and he sent it, right? Uh-huh. I loved it. Beyonce cut it. It came out hot as fire. Right. So I just want to interject here, right? He said, Crazy in Love, Sir Charles, right? Uh-huh. It, was, it was maybe possibly originally, probably for originally for Amory. I've heard rumors that Amory turned down Crazy in Love. Really? Mm. That's I've, interesting. You know, and then we, I remember like the last episode we asked if Amy Marie was on Crazy in Love, would it still be a hit? And most yeah. of y'all said it, it still would have been. Yeah. Do you still think so? Like, I think so. You think so? Marvel, yeah. you're new to this. Uh, I think she fits the style of beat well enough that it wouldn't, wouldn't matter whose vocal it was. Really? The question is, no. which, wait, wait, I want to, I, I want to, I want to get your initial response and i want to read a little bit more okay and then i want to circle back and still think if you still think the same way okay so you're still th- you're saying marvel you're saying with amory on crazy in love mm-hmm. it would still it would have still been a hit i think it would have been a hit yeah no jay-z mm. there could have been a rap feature on it but you think so 
Cause like we had a conversation. There's more of a story uh, if it's Jay Z and Beyonce though. Right, that's a great story, yeah. right? And Jay Z at the time is like at the top, at the pinnacle of of hip hop. Blueprint, yeah. yeah, right. And also like I think they say it later on in this in this um in Sir Charles's breakdown. Mm-hmm. One thing had had a remember when one thing came out, it had a vocal from Eve. Uh-huh. Yeah, that shit didn't help that record at all. No, you know what I'm saying. And I remember that shit. I remember hearing that Eve was on that remix. And I'm sure the label thought like, oh, this is going to be a hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Have yeah. Eve on this shit. Mm-hmm. And it didn't help that record at it all. Didn't. The original was better. Yeah. Got more airplay. So like, I'm kind of wondering if there wasn't a Jay-Z on the Crazy in Love, would it have worked as well? So I that's something it, we should think about, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What, what do you think now? I think it would have worked. You think so? Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe not as big as... It, as big as it was, but I think it would have worked. Again, Jay Z fan, Destiny's Child fans, yeah. and Beyonce fans all in one. It's because because let's let's break this down. When we was in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we would skip the second verse, yeah, of Crazy in Love and go straight to Jay. Yeah, I still do that. See, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But even back then, Jay was kind of the part where you were like, "This is the part everyone want to hear." Mm-hmm. You would have to let that song yeah. ride, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Jay Z is a big part of that fucking mm-hmm. record. Yeah. Yeah. Of making that record work and crossing over, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was like later when the video came out and the choreography was there, then the girls wanted to do the uh ohs, uh ohs. Remember <laughs> the yeah, walk, yeah. right? What, what did you do? The shoulders there? I was like, you know, <laughs> 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 but originally I think when like on radio, it was really like it was the beat and it was Jay Z, mm-hmm. and then it was like oh Beyonce's killing it too. Yeah, am I, I wrong? You guys agree? No, I, I think there's some truth to it because. For me, like, I don't. And we're not, wait, wait, and we're yeah. not saying this to discredit Beyonce, right? right? Yeah. But like, we we're actually fans of Beyonce. Like, yeah. we realize so that she's talented. What I was gonna know? say is, for me, as a as a person that wasn't a huge Destiny's Child fan, I probably listened to the song because Jay Z was on it. Mm. And I don't know if I could speak for most men, but I feel like there's a there's a generation of guys that might have felt that way, right? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily this fan, but I'm this fan. So because this person's on it, because Jay-Z's the best rapper alive at the time and he's on it, I'm going to give it. I'm gonna give this song a chance, right? Yeah. And, and, then, it, and it's also like, I remember someone, uh, you know, during the whole Twitter masquerade with the Beehive going at us, someone posted a, an article from the New York Times mm-hmm. uh, where they were reviewing Beyonce's first album. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, she's Noah Shanti. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Feel me? And, and Ashanti I, was scorching. And the imagine, yeah. like, I'm thinking, like, yo, I forgot about the Ashanti yeah. aspect of this whole shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how crazy Ashanti was. Oh man, she was mm-hmm. on fire. So like, I'm like, I'm so like in my I head. Feel like right? a, a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I would say I feel like Ashanti was too busy being compared to J Lo. That that Ashanti uh, and Beyonce part was kind of faded. Was people really comparing yeah. Ashanti to yeah. J Lo? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that. No. In the West Coast, it was not in New York. It was about that. It's, it, so it's funny. Like, to me, I feel like someone could, like, it seems like so much drama, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know all of these divas, right? Mm-hmm. All these uh, these R&B artists. Yeah. You know, they're all cool, but they're all like, you know what I'm saying? They all think they're the star. They all yeah. want the hit songs and shit. Mm-hmm. And in the 2000s era, right? I don't know. I don't. We could probably do this in the 90s as well. But like, yo, just imagine, right? Kelly Rowland. Mm-hmm. Like you have the Amory, but how many uh, like R and B songs were popping in the two thousands? Yeah, oh, Shanti, crazy. Yeah. So imagine the level of competition there was to get, and then the labels being like, we have so much money invested in yeah. Beyonce, 
How are we gonna get her and a fucking hit? Missy is at her height. Missy, you had, you had Maya. Maya was Maya, Maya was crazy. Like, Monica's still doing well, Christina, killing it. Christina Milian was out too. Yes, mm-hmm. she wasn't that popping though. <laughs> she had like one she hit. Had a she, was, she, was she was a dipolo. She was in the crate. She was okay. She had dipolo. Yeah. She had a little dip below, fa- yeah. fab. Uh, she had a little fabulous feature yeah. on there. Yeah, she was cool. She had Jeezy oh, on the song. Yeah, Lil, yeah, Lil Mo around Lil that Mo. time. There was a lot going on. Yeah, shit. You had all. You had Lil Mo was popping. I mean, it's kind of a crate. You could almost have like. A Game of Thrones miniseries <laughs> on all. No, you could, right? No, yeah. you could have like yeah. a Game of Thrones miniseries. Brandy still popping with with just like literally like instead of like you know the Game of Thrones they have like the kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Those are the labels. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And it's just like this this artist against that artist. The producers like kind of in the middle. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I was this whole time I'm thinking about this because there's so many aspects to this. Mm-hmm. And the amount of pressure that Beyonce and the label had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine the, ma- the amount of pressure Beyonce yeah. was oh, having. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one time. And just like watching her best friend have a hit record with Nelly. Mm-hmm. And, then Ash- and then like Ashanti. And then all of Which wasn't shit. supposed to be that big, but it came out huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, because oh. that, that song crossed over so many different charts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it started out on, on the like R and B charts and went through like to literally the pop charts. I think Dude, I remember I heard that charts. in Mexico that time. That shit was yeah. crazy. I mean even now when Nelly performs anywhere, that's his biggest fucking yeah. song. Yeah. Ladies know? in the crowd are going nuts. Ladies. It's, it's big, right from the my, top. My, too, my right mother the loved one. that song. Wait, say again? My mother loved that song. <laughs> Your mother loves that song. She R&B. loved that song, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she we had to dance too. She did the two step with that song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? So okay, Beyonce cut it right. Uh, the record came out fire. The label, aka my bosses, hated the record. The label hated the fucking record, right? They said it was a regional sounding DC go go record that was too noisy, and it wouldn't work on radio. So Beyonce and her dad decided to pull out the big guns. I'm adding the big guns, okay? Decided to pull out the big guns and put Jay Z as a rap duet to make it hotter. Right. Mm-hmm. Label heard it and said it was whack. Oh, still. Who, wait, who's working at this label? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, white man. <laughs> Who is working? Like that's insane. I, when I read that, I was trying to picture in my head a round table of people when they all just come to this agreement that the song is whack. So here's where politics comes in, mm-hmm. and this is another element. This is another layer to the story that I fucking love. Yeah. And then, and we don't we don't realize how this is all happening together and it's intertwined together. Now, keep in mind, the marquee rapper at Columbia was Nas. Mm-hmm. And this is the height, uh, right, okay. of the Nas, Ether, Jay-Z uh, take, takeover, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this is the height of the Nas, Ether, and Jay-Z takeover era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The beef is hot. Right. Now, you have Columbia mm-hmm. Records artist, one of their biggest artists, Beyonce, mm-hmm. wanting to put her boyfriend, maybe at the time, as a feature on a on a record they hate already with one of their biggest hip hop artists mm-hmm. Nas mm-hmm. there's all this there's all this politics involved right you know what i'm saying so this is going on at the time cuz they probably don't want to as a label they don't want to upset Nas either what yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah for sure but we don't even know what the temperament was mm-hmm. back then mm-hmm. because i remember in the city there was mad tension yeah right mm-hmm. it was like on the radio we were like glued to hot 97 yeah when we heard the takeover, it would just play like they would literally take they would play the takeover for like an hour, like two hours Whoa. and just talk about it. 
That's insane. Super ugly. And then, like, literally, like, Angie Martinez and Flex on the radio just dropping bombs, talking about the shit. And then when Ether dropped, it was the same shit. To play the takeover, oh, play oh Ether, mm-hmm. talk about it, play Ether again, play takeover, play Ether. And then what came after Ether? The Jay-Z song? Super, Super ugly. ugly. Yo, I remember... Everybody was rushing to get home at seven o'clock, right? Just to hear the fucking. I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. motherfuckers on the train out here. Yo, man, I got to get home, man. It's almost seven, man. They're gonna buy the premiere that new Jay Z. This and not super, super <laughs> ugly. Yeah, it was a big fucking deal. It like, was New York, yeah. it, like New York was on fire. Yep. Yeah. So meanwhile, while all this is happening, there's a record called Crazy in Love that fucking Columbia hates, <laughs> right? Yeah. And Jay Z's on it, and then you know. And it's a record for Beyonce and Blase Blah and Nas is on the same label. So, like, right. all this drama is unfolding, right? Mm. So, if you're a label exec, mm-hmm. are you going to put out that record? And I was about to say, like, did they really hate it or was it the politics of it? Like, we don't know, right? Do we really want to damage our relationship with Nas for the sake of this record that we don't need, we're not even sure about? Exactly. So, you know like, I mean? let's, let's look at it. You, all of you guys work at the label. Mm-hmm. This is going on right now. Motherfuckers are rushing home. They're rushing home to go see Super Ugly. Yeah. yeah. Here comes Sir Charles like, yo, this is Crazy in Love with Jay-Z <laughs> by Rich Harrison. It's Beyonce. We want it to be a single. Yeah. What are you guys, what are you going to say? Yeah. What are you going to say? In that perspective, I, if I'm invested in the label, I'm working with this label that Nas is the flagship. Is the, the, the pinnacle of this label, right? He's one of the hottest artists in the world. God's son is popping. His albums are popping. He just killed Nas. On uh, Ether, he just killed Jay Z. I'm sorry, he just killed Jay Z on Ether. Like I might, I might have to fall back and say no. You want to keep your job too? Yeah, yeah. So why rock the boat? Let's let's, let's put this record on ice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is all going on right at the time. So Sir Charles goes on. Nas, uh, Nas was about to leave unhappy with how things are going. So he wasn't happy at Columbia Records. Yeah. So, so I was instructed to stop promoting Crazy in Love. Uh, and focus on me, myself, and I. <laughs> we know me, yeah. myself, and I, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that record. That's a nice, good song. Yeah. I love that. But this it's not is like a, crazy in love. This is the two uh, thousands. Uh-huh. Like it's very different now. I feel like now you can open up with a slow jam, right? Mm-hmm. But back in the two thousands and the nineties, you need the banger. This was the formula for R and B artists: a club dance yeah. record. Then you hit him with a slow jam on the second single, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's every formula for the R and B. Yes. And like I'm maybe I don't even know if it's the eighties, maybe the eighties too. I don't know. Nah. Definitely I mean, the nineties and definitely nineties and two thousands. Nineties and two thousands, anyone from SWV to I don't know who the TLC, fuck. TLC. TLC, you needed one dance record, right? And actually you, it would be the first two would be dance records. And then the and third, the third one would be a slow jam. Would be the slow yeah. jam, yeah. But then I feel like in the two that was maybe in the nineties. Uh-huh. And then the two thousands, it'd be like, okay, your second one can be a slow one. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So this is the formula back then that they wanted to follow. And they're going to lead with a slow jam. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. All right. So um, so I was instructed to stop promoting Crazy in Love and focus on me, myself, and I. I told my bosses that song is 84 BPM. <laughs> they probably didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Crazy in Love is 99 BPMs. I said it won't work. So against his boss's wishes Bro. and his, his superiors, mm-hmm. He said, I kept pushing Crazy in Love. Yeah. So Epic Urban merges with Columbia Urban, mm-hmm. and I'm the first one from Columbia's side to get laid off. <laughs> so of course Columbia Records is going to lay him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were like, we told you to stop pushing this record. You know, it's upsetting Nas. It's bad timing. 
we don't like this record. It's not going to work. Even though he is responsible for, for probably making that record huge. Yeah. He's probably responsible for pushing Crazy in Love and making it big. He got fired for it. Right. So he says, I'm the first one from Columbia side to get laid off. I know it was because of Crazy in Love. So Matthew, which is uh, Beyonce's father. father. Yeah. So Matthew calls me and pays me to keep pushing Crazy in Love. Cool. So now he's at, like working as an independent contractor, freelancer, mm-hmm. and he's pushing the record. For Matthew knows. For Matthew knows. <laughs> yeah. Right? I did from March 2003 to June 2003. I also did Naughty Girl and Baby Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the label said the album was mediocre at best, and they wanted Beyonce to do a duet with R. Kelly. <laughs> Jesus, Beyonce. But don't said, forget, R. Kelly was fucking at the time. Yeah, yeah. At the time. <laughs> and R. Kelly and Jay Z had the double, the double best uh, of both worlds. Yeah, best yeah. of both worlds. the time, Beyonce said no. Yo, so imagine looking like the. If anything, right, it shows how much the DJs know, and it shows how much labels don't know a fucking thing, right? They it's wanted her crazy. to scratch a record with Jay Z. And work with R. Kelly. R. Kelly. And, and they called him Mediocre. And I is the first yeah. single. And, they, and it's crazy that the label called her album Mediocre. On an album that had um, Naughty Girl. Baby Boy. Baby Boy. Baby Boy. Crazy Be, in Love. Crazy in Love. Be, Be Myself, myself and I. And I. <laughs> like, what? And there's probably countless other records if I go through yeah. that. If you, let's go through the album real quick if you mm-hmm. want. I'm looking at her track list right now. Damn, she had a, she had a song with Luther Vandross, huh? They did. They I'm, redid. I'm uh, they the redid, Close uh, I Get to You. Yeah. The Close I Get to You. That's crazy. I mean, those are the four singles. Those are the four. Those are the four top songs. And they were right? all bangers. Yeah. So, so back to Sir Charles's breakdown. Right. Okay. So Beyonce says no to R. Kelly, right? But by now, Crazy in Love's on fire. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's apparent that this is a hit single. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now uh, they're shooting a video for Crazy in Love, and the rest is history. Right. So by that time, now the label's on board. Right. So the label said the album's mediocre. Crazy in Love sucks. Every, all of this shit is like horrible mm-hmm. and now that Crazy Love's a hit oh we're on board right you know yeah. what I'm saying this is this is what motherfuckers had to deal with in the 2000s right now can you imagine you being Sir Charles <laughs> and knowing that you were responsible for this shit mm-hmm. you know can can you imagine that yeah it, but I feel like there's probably countless stories of of A&Rs or people that were behind records that had to have dealt with this exact same and thing. And DJs, like, right? DJs I mean, Cypher like, Sounds was a bunch. I mean, Cypher Sounds, bro. And then the label ends up taking the credit as if they were the genius. Mm-hmm. Genius behind it. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Does it go on to say if he got his job back or did he even want it? Or No. I mean, so it says, so here he says, the label took all the credit, but my technician crew broke those records. Mm-hmm. So now Beyonce's on fire and they're dropping the other two records I set up. And the ones he set up, was Naughty Girl and Baby Boy. <laughs> so they're following his lead. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they were all hits. It was actually a perfect rollout, the way yes, it worked yeah. out, right? Yep. Because Sean Paul was killing it still yep. during his time. Yep. So And then Baby Little Boy Kim was on a remix of um, Naughty, Naughty Girl. Naughty Girl. Oh, yeah. true. Yep. And so now months later in the fall, I get a call from Amory and our manager. They come to my house and sit in the driveway in their car and they play one thing. They submit it in May. The label rejected it. Of course, right? (laughs) So now it's October. I'm like, this record is fire, right? They call Rich, and I'm telling all of them, I can set this record up. He says, uh, they tell him J-Lo wants it. I said, if you give up this record, you're going to regret it. So they hired him, and he sent out and worked it organically until it broke during the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. All right? Now, I just want to stop for a second. So J-Lo wanted this record with one thing. 
Did Get Right come out yet or not yet? I don't think so. I don't think Get Right came out yet. All right, so Get Right didn't come out yet. So Rich Harrison's working with probably like Usher around this time, right? Mm -hmm. On the Confessions album. And then he probably gave Usher that uh, Get Right beat. He did, yeah. Which was Ryan, and we talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, of course, now the label is behind it by March. They're behind one thing. Because now, you know, Sir Charles did his magic again, promoted it, brought it to all the DJs. The DJs pushed it. Now one thing's pushing. Now the labels are backtracking again, right? Right. They're like, okay, yo, let's go forward with this. (laughs) One thing's a hit, right? Yeah. So, of course, now the label's behind it and shoots a video with Eve. The rest is history. Mm -hmm. But that Eve remix didn't do shit. So I'm trying to think. Who would have been perfect for that record, one thing, and would have taken it to another level? As far as a feature? Yeah. Almost similar to a Jay-Z to the Crazy in Love record. Like Fab, maybe? I, I, was, Fab. I was thinking Fab. I was thinking Nelly. Nelly? I mean, I just, just, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about Fab. I'm not thinking about who's hot at the time. Yeah, and I'm thinking about Fabulous. Okay, what year is the 50, 50 oh, was 50, hot at the time. 50 was 50? hot at the time. Oh, five. Oh, 50 wouldn't be on that Amory record. Oh, by the time. way. What do you I'm uh, just saying, I'm just thinking of rappers that was like big at that during that time. And the 50 Cent was like one of the best rappers. Okay, what year? Do you, never, you, know, you know the years for all this. What year did one thing come out? It had to be 04 or 05. I got it right here. Let's do 04. Uh, Get Right came out January 3rd, 2005. One Thing came out January 18, 2005. Okay. It has oh, to be 04. Both recorded 04, in 2004. Yeah, yeah okay, it has okay. to be 04, 04 because yeah. he was talking about it was the fall and now it's mm-hmm. the winter. And yeah, then right. probably the official mm-hmm. releases in January of 2005. Yeah. So it's 2004. Let's do a quick Google on who were the biggest rappers in 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably like Ludacris is in there. Mm. Yeah, but in my head, the way that beat is and the, the flow, I, I picture Fabulous. Or even an early Kanye would have been cool. It's funny because you have Jay Z, Kanye, Lil Wayne, Ludacris, Snoop Dogg, Fifty Cent, Twista, Nelly, Paul Wall. I think I think I'm saying that because of oh, I'm, envisioning, I'm envisioning Fabulous on Get Right and how he just yeah. wrote that beat really nice that yeah. 99 100 BPM range. It complimented her. Too. Yeah, it's funny because we, we we saw a tweet saying that Kanye was supposed to be on Get Right with Jennifer Lopez. Oh no way! And he I, I think he declined it, uh-huh. but he did record it. Oh wow! Because there's like a recording out there on YouTube. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, J Lo, this the one right here. Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, uh, J Lo, this the one right here. Kanye, yeah. Is that J Lo's voice? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's. I don't think we needed that. Nah. But I think Kanye would have been perfect on one thing. Yeah. He would have been good on one thing. Just for that style of beat. I think he would have made it work. You don't yeah. think so? I, I, I know. I, I would have liked to hear like a little, like at least like a like a bar or two, just to have an idea. No, but I'm saying, do you think Kanye Kanye would have sound good on one thing? Never, you don't think I don't, so. I don't know. That's it. I don't. I can't see it for some reason. Yeah. But you think Fifty Cent would have done it? That's nah, why he we, just we, listed we, those artists. I know we were talking about the hottest rappers at the time. Like I said, Fifty was hot. I mean, but come on, even, I don't even think Fifty would sound good on that. I don't think so. It doesn't really 50, compliment 50 her street. as an artist. Yeah. And the problem is, I think Ludacris would kill that beat, but I don't think Ludacris affects the sales of any records. Mm-hmm. To me. Like a I don't think he like would have pushed. Baby. I don't think he would have pushed the needle, especially at the time, because Luda was kind of hot. But I a, think, but that's a New York, but that's a New York record. You need a New York motherfucker. But on there. motherfuckers in, the, in New York love Luda because he's from Atlanta. 
He's East Coast. Yeah, but that's a New York. Right? I feel like it was kind of like it was broken in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my, what? not for nothing. I was in Vegas and when I came out, so oh. I'm not sure how how I was in New York at that time. Yeah, because so maybe because uh, you would know better than me. Well, I like I have my sources, right? So I talked uh-huh. to these sources who were like OGs in New York, yeah. and I kind of yeah. I, before I posted it, I sent it to my sources, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, "This is 100 percent true," yeah, and they were wow. also adding that like. Wendy Williams, when she was on WBLS, broke this record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was actually like, they know Charles. They know they got the record from him. And, they and and you know, one of my sources was one of the first motherfuckers to play in New York. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely popped off in New York. Mm-hmm. And it, in, like in New York at the time, it felt like a New York record. Yeah. yeah Even yeah. though I had that, that DC go-go bounce and shit, it felt like organically like a fucking New York record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... I don't know. I feel like you needed like a New York, someone from New York on there. Yeah. Or my like, fear, my fear know? with Ludacris is sometimes he raps so fast is like he t- he overpowers the beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way Fabulous did it just made sense. You know what I mean? And maybe, I mean, Fabulous was on like Get Right, right? Let's say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. One thing, one thing should have failed him too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think they should have had both records with that? I think he probably would have sounded better on the one thing than the Get Right. I mean, he killed Get Right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Really I don't, I, and I, I don't think if he was on if he was on the one thing record, I would. I think it would have. What beat do you like more, Get Right or? I think Get Right's thing? a bigger. I think it's just. I think it Get flows right is better. Like more commercial sound. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one thing was like hard. more. It was just. It was like more of a New York like a uh, go go sound to it. Marvel, what do you think? Uh, like my f- instinct was to say Fab. Uh, but then after I said Kanye, I was kind of like, I think Kanye would have fit it better just as a like a like a rapper with some hype about him. And he would have just like suited the style of drums. Yeah. And like it doesn't feel just like here's an R&B song and here's insert hot rapper. It just would have been more of a chemistry there. I yeah, think. Yeah. I think he would have sang a little bit on it. Yeah. He would have fucked with the beat a little bit. It just had like cheeky things to say right, to her. Right. You know, I would have probably mentioned she half Korean. Like, yeah. You know, you Blasian or half Asian, or he would have said some shit yeah. like that, right? And yep. probably as Kanye grew, the record would have stayed around, kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, yeah. where, this is a good question, though, that I think never you asked. What record do you like better, Get Right or One Thing? I like One Thing more. You do? By a long shot. Man, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like play count. I probably played them both the same amount of time, but. I can't say. I, I, I've definitely uh, run Get, get right, right more. Way more. I feel like Get Right. Still that gets was, more played than um, now than a movie. One thing I would say one thing. I don't know. I you would say love, one thing. Yeah, I just love one thing. It was so big in the West Coast. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I've over the course of my DJ career, I've probably played Get Right more. Mm-hmm. But at this point, at this at this very day, like if I'm going to choose the, one of the records, I'm going to play one thing I from think, the one. I think Get Right yeah. just like flows better. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Absolutely, one thing. Yeah. It kind of like you kind of stop dancing when the when the beat kind of doubles up. Yeah. Oh, you for know, DJ it, purposes, yeah, get right is better. No, I'm saying I just as, like, as like as I a, just like one thing, just the way it sounds, the way it is, her vocals. Well, the the question the, is, as a DJ, mm-hmm. which is a better record yeah. to you? Oh. And I honestly think that Get Right is a better record. Right, yeah, Get Right. Yeah, you're getting sure. the reaction. Yeah. Like if no. you're if you're playing all three of those records, uh, one thing's probably the filler of those three between Crazy and Love, Get Right, and One Thing. Well, the thing is, like, one thing is just so it's like. It's really for like it's. I don't want to say it's it, it doesn't know what the sound doesn't stay the same. It switches up. As for um, one thing, it just stays 
That right. beat just keeps right, going right, right. and what's, going. What's great about one thing is that horn keeps the beat going. Yeah. And it just goes, but, but it keeps going and going and going. Yeah. It's almost like a premiere loop. And then like you in the middle of the song, it switches up. But but then it's like one thing, it's just like there's like almost three to four different beat changes mm-hmm. in there. So like as like a regular pop song, it seems more complex for someone mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to dance. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you really gotta know how to move to dance to one thing. It's like two thousand and three thrill. Like <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I feel like, you know, like you know, let's like I feel like that's why house translates so easily because it's like dun dun dun. People could just jump. It's yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. just kind of pump their fists. Mm-hmm. But like one thing, it's like But you know what it is too with one thing. It's like motherfuckers who don't know beats. Like what's going on? Like, but there's such a there's such an element of hip hop that's infused into one thing. Oh my god, yeah. And that's why I love it because of the instrumentation, because of the improvisation. It I feel like in a hip hop room, you can probably still get away with playing one thing. Versus but it, any of, the, of those other records. The problem, and it's not even a problem because I love one thing, mm-hmm. but it's like it, if you know music and you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you know how rhythm works. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it plays with all of this shit. There's no consistent hi-hat. Mm-hmm. It goes burn. There's almost like a gap. Yeah. And it goes There's burn. 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 But it's like it stops. Everything is like everything about that beat. If you don't know it and if you can't follow it, you're just like, yo, how do I dance to this shit? A yeah. little bit. For reg I feel like for regular motherfuckers, but but like I could a, be wrong. A, a dancer dancer would take advantage of that and like they would really, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and Flex. saying that I can understand why a label might hear that record and say it's regional. For and sure. say like this is not gonna work, it's regional, it's only gonna work in this, you know, in the DMV area or whatever. But because of the success of Crazy in Love, I think that record had more legs. I agree with you on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the sound was already introduced. So if that would have been, if one thing would have been the introduction to that sound, I don't know. Let's continue with uh, Sir Charles' breakdown because yeah. it's like end. There's not much left to it. Um, so of course now the label's behind one thing. Uh, they shoot a video with Eve. Rest is history. And he goes on to say Rich Harrison created that sound um, for all the demos for Beyonce. Amory J-Lo and Janet Jackson. And he said, that's another story. I would love to hear Janet yeah. Jackson. And he adds uh, Tony Braxton. Um, and he, he says that Rich Harrison actually sang the songs in falsetto for the demos Whoa. with mm. the exact style and delivery. So wow. he wrote all of these songs. And, so, and I saw a post about the Crazy in Love that when he was working with Beyonce, she came to the studio with Rich Harrison, mm. played her the beat. She was like, I don't know, this is different, you know? I think she's like, do you like it? And he's like, I love it. And she's like, well, write the song and I'll come back in two hours. Whoa. So the story is that Rich Harrison sang all of Beyonce's parts, the uh-ohs, the everything, and he left the bridge for her. So she wrote the bridge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but he, he wrote all of that shit. Wow. And then they were kind of they were kind of telling that story, and I think it was from an article. They were telling that story to say that like Amory's just a puppet. Amory mm-hmm. was Rich Harrison's puppet. He produced her whole first album, mm-hmm. but as soon as she parted ways with Rich Harrison, right? Mm-hmm. She really didn't have a voice. She didn't have any really significant writing behind her to have her continue making good music, mm-hmm. which. Is a foul way of saying, you know, that Amory needed Rich Harrison. Yeah. 
but in reality, she kind of did. And in, in, in reality, too, as well, she was kind of like the... F- she was kind of like the first person he could experiment with, right? Yeah, and I was going to say that that is that's very foul because without her, without her success, Beyonce and no other artist would have been checking for Rich Harrison in the first place. Yeah, you know it's what I'm true. saying. So it's like A. Marie opened that door for him to have outside success, have success outside of her. So in a sense, like they kind of needed each other because she she did provide a look, mm-hmm. and, and she it, did provide the adamant sound to to deliver what his vision was. You know what I mean? And, and here's the funny thing, because it's like, when you hear the first Amory album, you're like, I don't, I don't hear any remnants of Crazy in Love. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't hear any of that shit, right? The heavy sample, the heavy drums and shit. And I was talking with Goldfinger. He's like, yo, you know what everyone's forgetting? And he's like, the Why Don't We Fall In Love remix, the Richcraft remix. And I was like, oh, shit, you fucking right. I don't remember that. You don't remember? So I'm no. going to play it for you. And you, you're going to hear him finally kind of forming the Rich Harrison sound on this remix. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, listen. I was like, Goldfinger, I love this remix. I remember this remix. I've never heard this. And the breakdown, that goes, hey. side of a Yo, single this sounds on the so good bro oh Ooh, that bass is uh-uh. nice jb you heard this before Yo, he was fine-tuning those drums. You hear it, right? He was fine-tuning those drums. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, he was really developing yeah. the Rich Harrison sound. Damn, yep. bro. That sounds so good. I've never heard that before. And I, I forgot like about it. that, but as soon as you said I said, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I remember, crazy. and that remix didn't pop, really. <laughs> but it was it's oh, it's ahead of its time. Marvel, you, know you, heard, you heard that before? I haven't heard that, no. Wow. And it was on the that. B-side to the actual single. It was. Okay. Yeah. It was, a, so, it was like... Did you remember the remix to that Ludacris is on for "By the Only Fall in Love"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was I on the original I beat. About that shit, yeah. It was on the original yeah, he beat. He just added, but but you're right that Ludacris was on the remix. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So for one thing, uh, you know, who would have been Kanye would have been the best mm-hmm. right? at the time, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm still crazy. tripping on this this remix right here, bro. That shit sound amazing. All right. Um. So let's go on with uh, Sir Charles right here. He said, "Amy was the first I heard to sing in the style that Rich Harrison." like kind of created but it was rich who wrote and produced all of those songs period uh beyonce changed her style and adapted the energy to his demanding style so here this is really important right Mm -hmm. he says beyonce changed her style and adapted to the energy and demanding style that rich harrison needed Mm -hmm. and if you think about it you know what i'm saying like crazy in love she's never sang on anything like that no and then everything everyone was kind of comparing when one thing came out right but then you hear on certain songs, like on the second album, right, with mm-hmm. Beyonce, mm-hmm. 
they were like trying to recreate that sound. Yeah. It was like Green Light, right? Which was by the Neptunes. Yeah. And that sounds really similar to like one thing. And then also uh, Freakum Dress. That's by Rich Harrison, right? Right, right. But like you could even tell, even bodied, get bodied, get me bodied, yes. that, get yeah. me bodied has those fucking you know that Swiss beat, Swiss to but it has that, but bounce. it has that energy, bro. Mm-hmm. It has that energy, right? So I don't know, I, I think it's crazy. Um, so Amory's career path without the Rich Harrison up tempo, ninety nine BPM chemistry just didn't work. With all the singles she released without Rich, uh, Beyonce kept that ninety six to ninety nine uh, party BPM going. And the DJs kept playing it. And like we said, right? With mm-hmm. the second album, she kept that energy. I remember like even the lead single with Jay-Z, right? What was that song? Oh, uh, Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, very that, Rich that's Harrison. In that that's in yeah. that lane, yep. Yeah. That's very Rich Harrison right there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is what this is uh, Sir Charles's breakdown. Let's give Sir Charles a hand yeah, of applause. Because yeah. reading that, man, I was I was blown away at some of the detail. Like, yeah. That dude was on with everything. Shout to Fat Fingers too, man. Like yeah. uh, for even like telling, you know, for suggesting that Sir Charles mm-hmm. told know, story to write this whole to write this whole breakdown. And yeah. I mean, I I know we're going on about this, but I think like you know, I think this is just like an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I noticed online, what came up, and I think never you, you kind of saw this too. Is everyone started bringing Leah into the picture? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> so now even more what ifs. Uh-huh. Yep. Come into the picture mm-hmm. is that would there be a Beyonce if Aaliyah was still alive? Mm. I think so. And would have as uh, big as as big as she is now? Yeah. And do you think Aaliyah's career would have just kept going up and up and up with that Timberland I'm, production? I'm, I'm scared to say something about this. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now, man. Go ahead. And this is okay. honestly with us having this conversation, we're not trying to put down. Nobody. Black women no, no, or women in general yeah. or anything. Yeah. We're just like DJs and we like to talk about music. He, he yeah. wasn't talking shit about Beyonce. No. Yeah. Honestly, we like we love all of these artists. Yeah. We just like talking about music and like the what ifs, what happened. Yeah. Like critiquing happened, the music yeah. and we yeah. like, yeah, like this is just kind of like saying like, what if Superman, you know, went up against <laughs> fucking <laughs> Iron Man. If anything, we look at these motherfuckers like superheroes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm kind of wondering. They make her job easier. Do you think Aaliyah would have continued, had that continued okay. success? I'm going to say one thing. Yeah. Per so church. when Aaliyah dropped her um, last album, the album before she passed, she dropped um, We Need a Resolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That song really didn't pop off that big compared to her last album. Right, 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 right. A lot of people was thinking, damn, she kind of fell off a bit. Well, that's because she also left R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Remember? No, no, no. That, no. That was she was Timberland with Timberland beat. already. That was a Timberland beat, yeah. Timberland did the second album. We Need a Resolution. That was her third album. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. All right, you're right. So, yeah, but it, it sounded, it was like a different sound. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaliyah came off of um, Try Again. Yeah. That was big. Um, yeah, like four page letter. Exactly. All but those big this from the second resolution, album. it was just like. Try Again was from the Romeo Must Die soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Filmed in Vancouver. So, oh, for real? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. But then that, the, the big song on that album was, uh, was Rock the Boat, right? That was the last single. Wasn't it Are You Some That's Somebody? I was gonna say, Are You Somebody? That was on the second album. Second that album. That wasn't even on the album. That was on the soundtrack. To oh, that was Nutty, um, Professor. Nutty Professor. Nutty exactly. Professor. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that song was big. But they put that on the third album, didn't they? They put Are You That Somebody on that third album. I don't uh, recall. I never seen that uh, uh, um, artwork nope. for that. It wasn't. It wasn't? I'm looking at the oh, wow. list right now. So yeah, so when We Need a Resolution came, it was just like, 
Right. It wasn't yeah. as big as those two songs. It had a very like Missy like yep. element to it. Mm-hmm. Missy Elliott element. So it was just like and you're right. I hate to say this, man. Her album didn't blow up until after she passed away. Mm. Rock the Boat. She, had, she had just filmed the video for Rock the Boat. That would have been a smash. But then she had Miss Regardless. You too, right? Ooh, I Miss You. Yeah. That was big, but you're saying that that kind of blew up when she passed. Kind of, yeah. Rock yeah. the Boat would have been a hit regardless, though, I think. Rock the Boat it's was a good song. Rock the yeah. Boat was it, really it good. It was a dope song, yeah. It was a real, everyone loved that song. Mm-hmm. It was a great song, but it wasn't a crossover commercial hit. No. no. You know what I'm None saying? None of those singles. And then One Little Woman came out. That was a big song. That, mm-hmm. again, wasn't a crossover hit. Right. That wasn't. That was pretty big, Paul. But she she was she was said to be. She I was think, getting that. I, I think. think she would have, in my personal opinion, I think she would have started really getting more into the acting and modeling. Yeah, it didn't cost. It was like her. I mean, if you think about it, her exactly. Vocal, yeah, her vocal was, range. She didn't have you know no disrespect to Aaliyah. Or anybody this is all support. DJ D Miles saying all this, by the way. She did not have <laughs> crazy vocal range. You know what I'm saying? Like her vocal <laughs> range was very limited. Like maybe like a like a Sierra. <laughs> Cricket's face. Or like a Janae Aiko. Like, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Like, but she didn't going, have the range. <laughs> she didn't have the range like Beyonce. Like Beyonce, this even on crazy. This is the next clip. <laughs> this is the next clip. This is the shit that makes it out again. Even on Crazy in Love, towards the end, you can hear Beyonce's range. Yeah. DJ D. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't think Aaliyah had that. Now, but everything else she had. The looks. <laughs> she had the, you know, she she knew how to dress. She knew how to, she could. Yeah. The acting, she was doing very well. Like I think she would have continued to do well with that. But with but never said you, her acting wasn't doing well. Like she was part of like I mean she did Romeo Must Die, which did well, which did well. She did, um, but that was a good combination she, of Jet Li capitalizing off of the Jackie Chan phenomenon. Like everyone loved uh, Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, DMX was on there. Yeah, right? he was hot at the time, so that really helped. Yeah, the movie. he was at his at his one of it was probably like one of the hottest rappers in the time. Exactly, because right? what was that vampire movie that Aaliyah was in? Didn't do well. It was the sequel to um, what was the Tom Cruise movie? It's a Queen of the Dam. But it's a sequel Damn. to what was, oh, was the, that? The sequel to Interview? Uh, Interview with Vampire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. It was yeah. But I think they also rushed that movie out, trying to capitalize off of her passing, right? Or yeah, exactly. That's yeah. another thing. Yeah. Uh, so she didn't had those two movies, movie. and then she was supposed to film um the Matrix sequel. Oh damn. She had a small part in it. Reloading. She had Jada's Reload. part. No, 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 it wasn't Jada's part. It was actually Marvin Gaye's daughter part. Whoa. Marvin, oh, uh, Gaye's, uh, Marvin Gaye's daughter was in there. Uh, Nona, Nona Gay? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Who is she? Nona Gay? I know she She was a singer, big, she was kind of bubbling singer at the time. Yeah. yeah, but what was her part in Matrix? She was like the wife of, um, you know, the, one of the um, pilots, she was a, his wife. The pilot. It wasn't, it wasn't a big part. It was like a small part. Oh, it was her. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, she's Marvin Gaye's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, she's a baddie. <laughs> yeah, I just, I so, think, I think, her career project, uh, her trajectory for her career would have gone more into the act, acting and modeling, and probably became a mogul like a Rihanna. Mm-hmm. I could see that for her, but as far as like the singing aspect, she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have catapulted the way Beyonce did. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. You guys can remind me because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Was the Timberland production kind of falling off as far as relevancy towards that era in the mid-2000s? Uh, I, don't I don't think, don't think so. so. What? Because no. he had like... Look, Missy was still big Bro, Justin Timberlake? Justin Timberlake, yeah. No, no, yeah. no. But that was later. That was like a revamping sound of Timberland. He yeah. switched it up. Uh, at this time, uh, when he's talking about the single that came out, that one sounded a lot like Justin Timberlake beats at the time. The uh, what was it called? We need a resolution. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. 
Yeah, that's like Crimean River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Crimean River was like 2002. But did he? They said the sound, the sound was kind of similar to We Need yeah. a Resolution. Yeah, because yeah. look, Timberland went from that sound from the 2001 with Justin Timberlake, and then he still had some shit with he had shit with with Jay Z in 2003. Yeah, he still did that. And in 2004, it was the Nelly Furtado's. Yeah, time. but we're talking about 2005 now, right? That's still the Nelly Furtado and him sound. Dirt off your shoulder was 03. Yeah. What's the Nelly Furtado sound? The promiscuous boy, um, the way yeah. I are, that sound, and then the the Did it, so there was no down period for Timberland. No, no, he just revamped it he in just the switched way. it up. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. He didn't. He I think he's well. The early stuff for Nelly Furtado was like remember that record Ching Ching. Oh yeah. And what about that Ching Ching Ching? Oh, that was uh Miss Miss Jade. Miss Jade, how and come, she was on how the hook. Come I, how come I remember there was a point where his his Maybe, production was getting? I think two thousand nine when he was working with um. Bubba Sparks. Bubba, Bubba Sparks. <laughs> that was still a good record. Yeah, Bubba Sparks. And then, yeah, then he just kind of like, Jay when he started really, when he did the stuff with Kerry Hilson, yeah, is yeah. when he got, went to like the more the EDM sound, yeah. right? Like their up-tempo stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. The way I are. Yeah, but he, he never stopped. Really. He did have kind of a down period. A I think after, 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 after all those. Yeah. After like the Bubba Sparks kind of like. 2009, I think he's when he, the takeout. Like the Magoo shit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Even like, the early Magoo early. stuff, like when the clock strikes and all that kind of stuff. No, that was like in the that's 90s. Early. Yeah, I was saying, that's like to That was like 98, 99. So what love am I thinking of? He never had a down period. He never had, no. no. He just, and then he he just switched up his sound. Jeez. Yeah, he had a crazy run. Bro, he was he was fire with, with Justin Timberlake. Like he was scorching from 2004. Sexy back. The summer love yeah. shit, all that. Damn, I got to look at this. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to shit on Timberland. I'm just trying to wonder. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of wondering. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm kind of thinking if Aaliyah was alive, right? Mm-hmm. This is the only reason why I bring this up if he had a down period. If Aaliyah was still alive, would those songs have gone to Nelly Furtado? Well, he was. Like, he would, was would the, Promiscuous was... Girl have gone to Nelly Furtado? Would they have gone no, I to think, I think so because there was a I point so. where he was dating Nelly Furtado. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, they were like in a in like an entanglement, I guess you could call it. But are you I making this shit up? No, I swear to God, I don't know that. I I've never heard. I never heard, oh, yeah. I never heard about this that either. That was like that? industry. Like that was like what industry? Around. What, what industry were you? you in? would, I would hear that. <laughs> I don't know about this one. You're in your you were in high school then. There's even no. I was in I was in college at this point. Okay, yeah, so what industry were you hearing in, in radio? <laughs> like, because I was, I was always interning at radio stations. I was always around. Like, that was like a well-known. So thing. then, someone gave you the promo for Promiscuous Girl. Be like, you know, Timberland hit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the only reason I'm saying because I think, pause it if we look it up. But I know she like. Yeah, bro, Timberland never had a down period. Threw off your shoulders, a jump off for little Kim. But yeah, past the Dutch. Yeah, he never had. Nah, yeah, he never he didn't had have a down period. period. No, huh? he didn't. Petey Pablo. Yeah, he he never. Bubba Sparks. He never had a. So you don't think Aaliyah would have gotten any of those records? I, I think so. Come on. Well, I mean, whatever. she could have had one bad one. Like it wasn't even a bad album. It wasn't. It just wasn't a crossover. It's exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I didn't just say it was a bad album. It just never like crossed over. Right. Headspiral. Especially compared to the second album. But you're looking at that as a potential downward spiral for her musical career, possibly. Yes. I don't think yes. so. I think, I think so. if Timberland is still doing it and Missy's still doing it, she would have been part of that whole camp. Yeah. yeah. Even bro. though even though Genuine somehow yeah. disappeared. I don't know where he went. <laughs> he got what happened with Genuine. Left. He got a pony. Well, no, but that camp kind of broke up though after Aaliyah passed away. 
But imagine she did it. Because Missy, Missy was doing her own thing, and Timberlake was doing his own thing. But they were still and working. And Timberlake together. started working with um, Justin Timberlake. Nah, who's the other producer? I want to say Danger Zone, but not. Danger Mouse. Danger. No, oh, not Danger no, Mouse. No, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. But no, because I, th- I think Danger Mouse helped him with a lot of the Britney stuff. It wasn't Danger Mouse. It was another producer. I know who you're talking. I about. stand corrected though. They did not. They did not date. I just looked it up. Yeah, you were making. Very, they very. They were he very wants close friends. Clip, <laughs> they were very close friends, and a lot of people speculated they were dating, but they were just really close friends. Yeah. yeah where did it? Up. Where did that get in your head? That Nelly. I just remember was it was a rumor. I remember uh, it was a rumor back then, but they. Oh I stand corrected. They, they and Timberland was big back then, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. He, he was wasn't big. a swole Timberland. He was like the yeah. big boy, like hefty Timberland. Yeah. He was Timberland at the Black Album uh, recording session. <laughs> no, nah, if Aaliyah was alive, uh, that oh, whole da- team- that The producer did- was Danger. Danger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he's the one that created that whole uh, I'm sexy back sound. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, uh, right. And that's when that's when he switched he up the, his sound. Uh, Give me more by Britney And he stopped Spears. kind of working with, he stopped working with Missy. And he did the Kerry Hilson. He created mm-hmm. that whole up-tempo. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 110, 115 sound that yeah. Timberland, that, yeah. yeah. That's why I said there was a downward because like he had to, uh, Timberland needed to reinvent his sound mm-hmm. yeah. at some point because it was getting redundant. Yeah. yeah. And the drums. I think it was like after um Dirt off her shoulder. That's when he like hooked up. Yeah, that's when he hooked up with, yeah. It started changing up his style. Because, yo, 120. 100%. If Aaliyah was still alive, she would have gotten all those. She still would have been working with him. Bro, if he says she was like going to be like a mogul, like a Rihanna, which I did see because she did do a lot of Tommy Hilfiger, a lot of clothing shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then she still would have been a superstar. She would have gotten all those records, number one. Yeah. And not but, only but that, you know what? but she was uh, her last album. She only worked on a few uh, few cuts with Timberland. So she didn't do the whole was, album. She was trying to distance herself a or little bit. Probably yeah. expand. Yeah. Now here's the question: If the camp didn't break up right with Aaliyah that passed away, and would Genuine still be there? Would he? Would he have gotten all the Justin Timberlake songs? You know that they worked on <laughs> nah, because nah, he did. Wait, nah. wait, look. He was putting records together with Nelly Furtado. Yes. And um Justin and Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. But like, if you in retrospect. Th- those were those were his gen- his like modern day genuines and oh, Aaliyahs. But, but check it out. I'm looking at the album, her last album, and he only did two songs on that album. Timberland. Resolution. Two, resolution. two out of 14 songs. So Wait. she was probably trying to distance herself from that sound and trying well, to she, do her I, own thing. Carrie Hilson would have cooked something up for her though because Carrie Hilson was a hell of a writer. Mm. Yeah, she was. And she was started out in Timberland's camp. So I think that She's the she vocal yeah. She just fucked up talking about Beyonce. No, about oh, Rihanna, that, that fucked up her career. Huh? She talked about Rihanna. No, no, no. Oh, it was Beyonce. Beyonce. Oh, she did both. No, she got Beyonce. cooked. She got cooked by Rihanna on Twitter. No, the, no, 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 no. Beyonce fucked up the, the Beehive. Beehive got so that's what that's Kate. what happened. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what happened. That's when they realized that the Beehive you can't fuck with them. But that was yeah. what? What year was that? Two thousand two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Why Wait, do we? I remember Karen Hilson. Why do we keep gossiping about? Now we artists? sound like a fucking <laughs> gossip side, man. <laughs> we got to move on from this. I know, no, man. Yeah, 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 forget Shout about this. Sir Charles. Yeah. Yeah. D, D started it with the Nelly. Where did that come from? I told you that shit was a rumor, bro. No, no one ever, never heard. I never heard that rumor. Cricket looked at me like, "Is he for real?" I'm like, "Yeah." This motherfucker had like a wet dream about that. Did you remember? Big Swole oh, Timberland. Yeah. Anyway, we could, actually I wanted to talk about Jamie the Great, right? Oh I, shit! Whoa, that was really nice. start, Can I go before you start? Yeah. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So Marvel has to leave. He's going to catch his flight. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Marvel shout for out to stopping through and hanging out. But actually, I wanted to give a shout out to Jamie the Great. 
Oh, I saw I, I, Jamie the Great just DJed uh, R&B and Ribs in San Francisco. I saw that. No, wow. that's a uh, Nopa Slaps's party. Yes, yeah. R&B and Ribs, which uh, coincidentally was the last party I DJed before pandemic. The pandemic hit. Yeah, uh-huh. and it was uh, you know it was 2020. <laughs> You had that epic video, you going through the crowd dancing. Yeah, dancing. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> stop, yo. Cut stop. in here. <laughs> yo, stop filming motherfuckers when they're having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell you that? Like, Because yeah. it was a random video, too. Can I'm I have, like, who filmed this? Here you go. Have, uh, give them as many. Go ahead, bro. Can I just have a good time? <laughs> no, we can't. Like, can I, like, smile and, like, enjoy, like... The energy and the love and the vibe of the whole party. Is it because without motherfuckers thinks- filming me and look and be like, look at this motherfucker, look at his head, look. Uh, making me so happy and shit, and then like, posting this shit. Maybe they just they never seen you smile. Yo, Crooked had his red cup and he was just like like just oh, dancing man. through the crowd and just vibing to the music. And then the new video, he's so just organic. chilling, singing, and uh, somebody recorded him. Yeah, Jules. Fuck. Yo, uh, who does that, man? I wouldn't record Jules. a motherfucker just enjoying themselves at a party. Just man. Jules, by the way. Anyway, like I love this party. Mm-hmm. It's outdoors. It feels like like the backyard of a brownstone in mm-hmm. like in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. It feels like that backyard feel. Yeah. And he has the ribs going, and uh, the energy is just great. Everyone's playing R and B. Everyone's dancing to it. And this is the one thing I really love about San Francisco is like there's no there's no like ageism. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. It's like not only is it a diverse crowd, like with every race, there's like Asian, Latin, black, white, mm-hmm. everything, but it's just like there's different ages. There's like, you'll see like a fucking 50 year old there. You'll see like 30, 20, 40. Like, it's everyone's like intermingling and dancing together. Mm-hmm. It's really like adult vibe. And they're just there for the music. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like one of those parties, and I never feel like this. It's like when I'm there at RB and Ribs, I'm like, I wanna smoke a blunt. Yeah. Like, give me a blunt. We were looking for a blunt. <laughs> yeah, we were look, I was we looking, were looking for, for a blunt. blunt. <laughs> and I never looked for a blunt. Yeah. I was like, let me have a blunt. I want to fucking, you know, because I want to just like, you know, I want to vibe out. Yeah. The weather, the weather it, was, it was a little hot, but it's still a nice, nice yeah. out. And it just, it feels safe. It feels like comfortable. And then it's like, you, I'm seeing these DJs that I haven't seen in a minute. You know, Audio One had like one of the, that was kind of his first debut back in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. And I remember talking with Audio One. I said, you know, your first gig back, mm-hmm. I'm a fly out and I'm a hang out and I'm a support. It just so happened that Jamie the Great was DJing too. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout to Nopa Slaps. I'm, I'm so happy that his party survived the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. it's even bigger than it was before. I'm sad yeah. I missed it. It's dope. Yeah. And then hopefully you guys can come through on Sunday. I think it's maybe once a month. Yeah. But, you know, go follow it. R&B and Ribs, Nopa Slaps. But, yo, I wanted to talk about his set over there. He did a great job, man. Wow. Yeah. A- Thanks, man. That means a lot coming from you. Even J.S. Spinoza was like, everyone was like, yo, you did your thing. He, like, he killed this shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd it feel? It felt, it felt good. It, you know, I, I kind of took the night off the night before and I prepped for it. And I put a lot of shit together and stuff like that. But it was still kind of a little nerve-wracking because you don't know what you're really walking into. So I showed up before doors even opened. I kind of showed up when Nopa was setting up. And I just, I just stood there. I took a before and after video, actually, for him. But I stood there and I just listened to every DJ and see what works and see what didn't work. And just try to like kind of still construct my set through the whole time of what's working, what doesn't. And I still wanted to stand out. So I played some like real left shit. And I was still, I was kind of nervous if it would have worked or didn't, but it did work. Why are you laughing, Cookie? <laughs> because he can tell you why. Go ahead. Because he's like explaining his breakdown of how he was planning his set. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just think it's funny. Because <laughs> I don't think anyone cares, but. <laughs> 
no, but it go, like, that's what goes through your mind. It's a, you got to deliver, you know. You came out here all this way to just do this fucking setting. You're like, oh, let's see. And there's so many DJs around. And then you show up. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And then I look to my left. Jay Spinoza's there. I'm like, holy shit, even worse. And the audio one pulls up. I was just like, okay. So I want I want to give a shout out to all the DJs there because I uh, shout to Jules and Spinny Cooper was there. You said you loved her. Song, oh, her right? set was great. Spinny DJ. Cooper. So uh, Nopa sets the party off, and then Spinny Cooper hopped on the hour after that, and then he jumped off for another like ten five minutes or some shit like that, and then they had DJ Ivy. She hopped on. She did incredible. Right. And then he did another five, and then I hopped. I on. I think her name's DJ Ivy T. Or is it DJ Ivy? Uh, DJ Ivy is was that, um, Musco's um, wife or girlfriend? Oh, it, no, this, no. Is, this is this is kind of an issue. Yeah, so it's D- on on Instagram oh, it's IVT, but on the flyer it said DJ Ivy. So on uh, so the DJ that spun was DJ Ivy. Uh huh. On the flyer, mm-hmm. but her Instagram is DJ IVT. Uh-huh. So when I said I was going to this party, I tagged. DJ Ivy, because I, I thought same. it was I, I thought it was her. I thought it was DJ Ivy. I've DJ with her before, which uh-huh. is Morse Code's wife. Yeah, uh-huh. and you tagged her as well. Yeah, and I got. She was like, oh, "I'm not doing that." And I was like, "Oh." And then, uh, <laughs> and then I had a conversation with her, and then we were kind of talking about. I was like, "She's like, yeah, I've had like multiple gigs where people tag me, and it's not me, and it's her." So it's just confusing to know who's who. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I'm kind of wondering, like, how would you approach this situation? What is the etiquette? How do you reach out to them? You're getting tagged on flyers, mm-hmm. right? But you're not DJing those parties. That's going to annoy you? So or what is, actually, how, what's, actually, what's your initial feeling? Are you going to get annoyed? I think if I keep getting tagged yeah. and it's not me, I would get annoyed. Okay. But I think it's cool to just reach out and have a conversation. Right. And I'll give you a, a great example. So I have a buddy that works for ESPN. Mm-hmm. His name is Mark Spears. He does NBA analyst, right? There's a guy that does NFL analyst. His name's Marcus Spears. Same network, but they get cross-referenced all the time by accident. Like mm-hmm. to the point where my guy was telling me he'll even get his mail, or like even get his checks, like oh, crazy shit. shit. So he said that hurts. <laughs> yeah. So he said that he, they had a conversation. He was like, "Yo, man, we're both Mark Spears. Like, we gotta figure this out." And my guy, one of, my one guy, of us gotta go. My guy, my guy was actually, my guy was actually. There's room for expensive. What, what was that Joker shit? So like, um, when he had the two motherfuckers fight yeah. each other. When he, do you remember that shit? Yeah. That crazy? So so what's crazy is my guy that's um, older actually just changed his Twitter handle to Mark J Spears. Mm. And now that the confusion kind of like dead yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. But he took the high road. He was like, yo, you're he so the other guy was Marcus Spears and the other guy was Mark J. Spears. But at one point they were both just Mark Spears. So they both made little alterations, like Marcus and right, Mark right, J. Right. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's ways around it and you can just, you know, I don't think it has to be a battle or a altercation. Right, so what do you do when you what do you do? You initiate contact? I would. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would I would reach out in some form on social media try and maybe like direct message them and I right, so you send a direct message. Yeah. What's your yeah. tone? Like yo like you're you not know, like yo motherfucker. Nah, I'm, nah. I'm the real D-Mom. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yo like I see what you're doing like blah blah blah. That's what do you cool. mean? I see what you're doing like you're taking my shit or like I <laughs> no, see what I you're see doing you're doing well. Like, you're, you're doing well. Like you I see your, your, your career okay. is blossoming a little bit. And so like, imagine if he wrote that I see what you're doing. You're going to be like what you mean what you see what I'm doing? <laughs> like yo like Sounds like a threat. Yo, yeah, I know. what's up man? This is D-Miles. I see you doing well. I see we actually had the same name. Let's probably Okay, like let me let me re-say what he said but in a violent <laughs> yeah. Yo, what's up? Yo, what's up? 
Yeah. Yo, what's see good? Miles. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> this is cute and shit, but we got the same name, but I was here first, is what he's trying yeah. to say. So you got to be careful on what no, you're No, no, right. you're right. You're right. And maybe, I, and that's why I think a phone conversation would be better. All right, so you send the DM, right? Yeah. What if they, what if they see your DM and it's on red? Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't reply to you. They don't reply to you. <sighs> then is that I'm, automatic disrespect? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Because it's like, now you just ignore Who's this Pezzy? That's yeah, automatic no, disrespect. Yeah. So never. Get out of my <laughs> Hey, wait, wait. Never. Is that automatic disrespect? A little bit, yeah. Definitely. Not a little bit. Shit. Yeah, it's disrespect. So then, what's the next step? At that point, then I think I would probably have. You can't do nothing, though. I, in my mind, I would have <laughs> others reach out. Okay. Like, like people that really fuck with me. Like, hey, you know, there's another D Miles, right? Okay, you would what have if, try to find a mutual friend, ground. Right. Yeah. So, so, and what would you want them to do? Initiate a meeting or a yeah, phone like, call? Like, yo, know, like you know, there's another D Miles. Y'all need to sit down and actually discuss this and figure out a way to coexist. All right. What if they don't respond yeah. mm-hmm. and they they're like, we don't? I don't want to get involved. I don't. Then, Any damn, of you guys know. chime in? Any of so you guys if, chime if, in? If if it gets to that point, then I'm, I might have to like take a legal stance. Mm. Ooh. Right? Like I have the trademarks to this name. Mm. You have your train your name trademark? Yeah. Me yeah. too. <laughs> and I was like, I might need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just. Yeah. Do you? No, I'm no, about to say. I'm about yeah. to say. You do have a. So I did it when I did my website. So like DJ D Miles is just a trademark, but I was just like, yo, like I, I have mean, a trademark. But like, that's the website. You know, that's not the name. No, no, no. But I did both. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I would say, look, if you don't want to like get into any legal, whatever, like let's just talk it like talk it out like adults, and figure it out. Like I don't mind you having a name, but maybe just change your handle, mm. or change something that's recognizable about it, so there's no confusion. You know what I mean? Because there's there's, I've gotten tagged on other DJs that are like DJ Miles, right? Or mm-hmm. like different shit, and I'm like, oh, that's not me. Like it's someone else. Like. It's, ha- it's happened before. I'm curious, what never? What would you do? Yeah, I was gonna ask never. There's a actually there's a DJ never from South Africa, a female. Yeah, you're not gonna. I like but her, but, I but, like her already. Yeah, <laughs> but I've never had that problem like getting tagged with another never. So, but if that was to happen, I mean, you would be pissed. Of course, yeah, and I would definitely try to reach out to that never and like D say, be like, yo, I've had this name for like over. 25 years Yeah Then you don't come out of nowhere And call yourself DJ Never That's kind of disrespectful And now I but, think now But what if What if the DJ's like I never heard of you <laughs> But I'm be, I'm be like Well I'm, I'm telling you right now I'm, I'm, I'm just telling my history And then what if they say I asked my friends I asked like my OGs They never heard of you Then there's nothing I could do Actually I'd be like Well I mean I'm not Have a good try. life <laughs> Exactly <laughs> I'm not gonna try to sue them I mean like It's, it's not that serious Mm. As long as it's not affecting my fucking my gig and shit. Mm-hmm. So, what about you, Jamie? Oh, I don't, I really wouldn't care. I would just go on by my shit because if it doesn't affect me, it just doesn't. It's not my realm. What I if it does care. affect you? But if it do, if it did start to affect me, I I don't know. I probably would reach out, try to find a mutual ground, a mutual friend, try to do the setup and talk it out. If not, it would just yeah, it'll be a difficult thing to let go of. Just because if the mix, the, I mean, mixing me up with somebody else would be kind of hard. But even then, like, I think it'll, it'll rub off the wrong way. Like, I've been Jamie the Great since I was like 16 years old. 
That was yeah. my MySpace. I thought you were going to say sit. <laughs> no, that was my MySpace. That was my Facebook. That was my Instagram. That's always been a thing. I couldn't find a good DJ name to switch it to that. It, and everybody knew me as Jamie the Great. So it's kind of hard. I, did, I have seen Jamie T-H-E-E Great. So I had to sometimes get those accounts as well just because of the similarity. Anybody could just call themselves. I ain't going to front. I would be tight if a DJ hit me back and was like, yo, no, I don't, I've never heard of you. You would. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. This is a good chance. That's true. Like I'm not on a. I'm not on that level to where I can expect everyone to. But now with Insta- household name. Exactly. I feel yeah. like now with anything, you you have Instagram to kind of like gauge on if that name is taken or not. Yeah. So it's kind of a in the DJ time. Miles I've run across. He's more of a producer. So every once in a while, I'll get tagged on his production. It was funny because now that you mentioned that when you were still on the radio uh-huh. and my cousin first met you, he thought your name was D Money. Which oh, is yeah, another yeah, one on the yeah. Station. When I yeah. first yeah yeah, I saw this is the radio and they had the D money. I thought that was D. At first. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was my cousin thought it was D. So he called you D money a few times. I'm like, why do you keep calling him D money? He's like, oh, it's his name on the radio. I'm like, no, it's D Miles. <laughs> like, stop calling him D money. But I see the confusion with that. But, but, but Crooked, there's a Crooked Eye. You ever got confused? The rapper? Yeah. He's a killer, bro. You better chill. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, you ever had like somebody? Oh, oh, I thought you was Crooked Eye. Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I remember remember Google Alerts? Remember yeah. when that was a thing when we cared about Google Alerts? Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, Crooked Eye would come up in that shit. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know, like... How would you approach it? You kind of have a... I, w- I would reach out, but on, on, a, on a... I wouldn't... I would say, like, hey, oh, like, um, you know, I'm getting tagged on certain things, and I'd initiate a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't really... I don't know. I'd, I'd want to get on the phone and, like, you know, assess the situation on their tone and see where we are. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those things where it's like, well, I've been DJing 10 to 15 years, and then that person's well like, well, I've been, you know, I've been DJ crooked for this however many long, and then there's going to be a stalemate. Well, what do we do? Yeah. And I'll be like, well, honestly, what if they don't want to compromise? What if they say like, well, I'm just going to stay DJ crooked? Yeah, you have to. So you have to like, you know, do I want to go sue somebody or send them a cease and desist? Nah, I wouldn't. Probably not, but then again, two three years. What if it becomes a bigger problem, mm-hmm. where like they're DJing in maybe some of the same circles markets. or markets, markets that yeah. I'm in, uh-huh. and it create it could create an issue. Like motherfuckers, like you know, like maybe they're getting tables booked or people they're getting tickets sold, thinking this and under my name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, there's all these things happen. It happened with a lot of DJs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, we had DJ E Rock. Right. On from San Francisco, yeah, and he had a similar issue with a DJ E Rock in New York, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know we actually had him on. We asked him with a question; he didn't want to talk about that. But long story short, you know, DJ, San Francisco DJ E Rock sent New York E Rock like a cease and desist papers or something, yeah. And so, like New York E Rock had to change his name, yeah, and he changed it to formerly E Rock, <laughs> which is. Which is great. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's one of those things where it happens all the time. You have DJ Marvel in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And you have the DJ Marvel that was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I talked with uh, DJ Marvel from Vancouver, who was on the show, who just left to go back to Vancouver. But I talked to him before. And, you know, he said, like, you know, they talked and they met before and it was cool. They were okay with there being two DJ Marvels mm-hmm. in the solar system, in the multiverse. Yeah. Right? I mean, think about yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I wouldn't even. <laughs> You know, so like if I met a DJ Crooked who was in, you know, fucking Cleveland or somewhere else, Uh that wouldn't bother me. If there's a DJ Crooked in LA, that might create a problem. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but even look, still. Yeah. I'm about to say, I'd never come out in Vegas or LA. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. problem. Or New York. It's right. going to be like, yo, come on. But like, there's DJ Scooter in San, uh, San Diego, and then there's DJ Scooter in Philly. Yeah, we know and two. I, we know two phenoms. We know two phenoms. I mean, it, they spell differently, but they're phenoms. Right. It's really about like where you are and how much it conflicts in your, you know, in your industry or your market. Right. You know what I'm saying? Me, I can understand someone sending a cease and desist, but it's also like you know you have to compromise. Mm -hmm. And if I was a younger DJ and I had someone else's name and I was three years in the game and I had to change my name, three years might seem like forever. Mm -hmm. You know, be like, man. I spent three years building my brand and I don't you know like I don't want to do that. But it's like this person spent ten plus years building their brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you kinda have to take the L. Yeah. I yeah. think, but I understand also that there could be two versions or two people in this in the multiverse like existing. But it, but it's one of those things it's like, yo, one of the greatest rappers alive, Biggie Smalls, had to change his name to Notorious B. I. G. Yeah. If fucking Biggie Smalls can change his name. And right. still be one of the greats, mm -hmm. you know, and still be known as Biggie Smalls and the Notorious B.I.G. Like, yo, you could change your name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that was like early in his career, though. But yeah, yeah. he hadn't been out more than two years. But he still had a big name, yo. Like, he still, yeah, like, that's what, I, but that's what I'm saying is like, if I've been DJing three, like, you know, three to four years. Yeah. And Biggie was in the game, I don't know, two to three years. Uh -huh. He still got to change yeah. his name when he comes yeah. out. Yeah. It's better to take care of it now before, if, it, if, if you just kind of put it off and you keep putting it off. Thinking some this is gonna go away, it's not gonna go away. Yeah, it's gonna get worse. And honestly, the way lawsuits work with names and branding and shit like this, the bigger you get, right? If I have the trademark to DJ Crooked, the bigger you get, the more damage you're doing to me, and the more I can sue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? So like, if you end up becoming the biggest DJ Crooked, you make multi millions of dollars. Guess what? I have the trademark. That's usually the, the perfect time for me to sue. Yeah. I don't want to sue you when you broke. I want to sue you when you rich. When you up. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to wait for you to blow up and be like, oh, man, you're like the biggest DJ crooked. Time for me to get paid. Yo, you've been served. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Money. So you, so you want to do that so before far. it blows the fuck up. Yeah. You yeah. want to do it before it becomes a problem. Yeah. I was really curious about that to see how you guys would react. Because it's like when it goes to legal, it's like, you know, it gets ugly. It but gets messy. Yeah. That's the last resort, right? Yeah, for sure, the last resort, bro. But um, anyway, back to the the, the R and B and ribs party. This dude yeah. did a great job. Yeah. He had fun. Took so much fun. Yeah, it was really really dope. I was gonna call up J Espinosa to critique your set. I know because he, he was, was there. there. J Espinosa was there. I, yeah, I dropped. Uh, how, how long was your set? It was an hour long. Uh, there was a point where. I dropped Careless Whisper. I saw that video clip. And then Jay Spinoza. I was thinking, I was thinking, what Jamie? Why Jamie play this shit? Uh, you want to be honest? I'm joking. I was I weird. I was I'll like, wow, okay. There's a story behind it. Uh -huh. uh, my girl was at one of my gigs and she texted me. She's like, hey, play Careless Whispers. So as a joke, every time she's around, I'll play it. Uh, and then that led into this set. Uh -huh. She couldn't make it or whatever. And I was like, well, let me play Careless Whispers. She'll hear the recording. Yeah. But then when I, I didn't, I was like, it may not work. So I had like, and out already, but it did work. Uh -huh. I fucked up. I hit the wrong cue button to go to the other part. <laughs> but nonetheless, it worked. So yeah, that's where it came from. So that's where it... It's interesting when you play Careless Whisper, right? Uh -huh. So when you play a song like that, you got to have confidence. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, I feel like you weren't confident when you played it. 
Oh, it was a gamble. You know what I'm saying? It was a gamble. But was, you, you got to sell it. You got to sell it. I was it. super nervous. I know you're super nervous. But this is the thing. Is and like, I pressed the wrong and went right to the so beginning. This, this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is Jamie did a great job. It was such a fun set. The selection was great. Mm-hmm. He did awesome. Did you record your set? Wait, 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 wait. Let yeah, me finish. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me finish this. Awesome. But let me. Uh, so, like. So, when he played Careless Whisper, everyone was kind of thrown off. Mm-hmm. But then they started fucking with the vibe mm-hmm. and they started slowly singing along and it was this slow build up right and then he ran these drums over the shit and it just made it pop and it was the drums for international players yes. or anthem so it's like the boom going over you know the the george michael vocals right yeah and it was leading up to the chorus and everyone was ready to sing the chorus and he cut it off and went into international players. And that was the only thing me and Jay Espinosa looked at each other was like, oh, like, if you're gonna commit, like Let's fucking go for it, commit. Man. Yeah. Damn. Like if you're gonna go, if you're gonna That's go. That's what I had fucked up. You know man. what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're gonna eat ass, eat ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call it. You can't just like put your tongue out like, mm. no, it, it was like, a, it was a taste. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna I taste. I just wanna go taste. No, if you're gonna eat ass, you, you gotta eat the whole ass. You gonna chew that motherfucker. <laughs> I was ready to eat ass them, but I hit the wrong cue button. I, it threw me off, and it was just yeah. Just. He 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 fucking played that shit like he was licking ice cream, but the ice cream was hot. Hot ice cream, like you ever? Ha, I was burning. Ha, ha. You were but, like hesitant. No, no, no I, I, because I hit the wrong cue button. So I was already yo, you got at that point. You're already deep in it, mm-hmm. and you got to sell it. And this is the one thing that I think you would benefit from. Uh-huh. I think you would benefit from sync. Oh no! You told me that, and I was like, "He's right." I that think he, been I think he would benefit from sync because he's too concerned about the mix, and he's not engaged in the crowd, and the crowd is looking at him. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, you know, like Jamie looks charismatic. You know, he's smiley. He has a good energy. He's very positive. Very different from like watching me. Like DJ or like or whoever, like even never or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he he's a character, and I feel like he needs to like kind of be more not more of a showman, but you Maybe, can interact yeah. a little it, bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you could have sold that record and you missed out on like a viral Instagram moment. Yeah, I know. Fuck that up. And you and you had a good mix. Like you had so you had the international players on well. that drum over that shit. Someone's gonna take that shit and redo that song <laughs> with that drum. That drum was hitting on that shit. Yeah. That drum was Cricket working. Cricket always says this shit. Goes somehow you always make some shit work <laughs> that I never think goes together. He made it work. He he was riding that drum. It was perfect. I would you know what I'm saying like I would even you know I got him for like Christmas or it was your birthday or Christmas or something. I got him some sessions with Trace. Shout mm-hmm. to Trace. Yeah, amazing producer. Mm-hmm. I got him like I don't know, like three. four four sessions, three or four sessions. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, work on an intro for that, so you don't have to worry about like make a make a make a up tempo redrum of that shit yeah, yeah, yeah. of Careless Whisper yeah. and do it." But honestly, like you did a great job. Yes, and I think that's one of the toughest things is when you when you DJ and you're nervous, you you're you're like you you're like you're not reading the crowd. You're focusing on your nerves. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I do that too sometimes, man. Oh. I try to like mix out of something. I'm like, this isn't working, or like I'm I'm too afraid to look at the crowd. 
And at a point, I was you know? like, just mix quick mixing. And then Jules uh, runs over and he passed me on the shoulder and he's like, slow down. Slow down. Take it easy. You got this, but slow down. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Because you're at that point where you're just, just trying to get shit going. But no, yeah, my, my I worked a lot on the selection because I know it was, I was, you know, I was going up against two girls in Audio One. And I'm like, oh shit, these girls are going to play all the great girly jams. So I got a little sexist, but okay. <laughs> no, 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 it is. Girl, girls play that. Noble Slaps told me this. Girls play that party way better than any dudes. So I was just like, man, I'm playing against women that, you know, this majority of women in that party, they know what they want to hear. So I'm like, how do I stand out? How do I, you know, make it work? But yeah. Uh, you may you, Oh, you see explanation over? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to my TED Talk. You dickhead. You did a good job, though. You did a good job. Thank you, man. I, I like sure. it, though. Like, people will go up to him and, like, give him advice. But if it's any of us, no one's going to help us out. <laughs> they're going to watch us. They're going to watch us. I know. Crooked fucked up this mix. Crooked sounded. He was nervous. He was quick mixing. Never, it, like, never sucked. Fast. Yeah, yeah. But Jamie is like, slow down. Slow down. Oh, you did great. Jamie, was... you did great, but you just messed up that mix. But it was everything else was great. Like, no one says that shit to me. Like, never heard that going. shit. No one said that shit to me, ever. I want to hear it once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> It's like someone handing me a C minus paper, but like you did amazing on the C minus paper. The potential? Go star. The potential crooked. Oh my God, the potential. You know, don't don't let this phase you. I don't get that. Do you get that shit? I don't get that shit. It's fucking generation. Oh anyway, have you ever gotten that in your life? No. No. Nah. Jamie, do you know how blessed you are? Oh no, I'm incredibly. And I, I don't told think you, you know how. Blessed I've told you, are. you this before. I am fucking spoiled with support. And, and he's doing my mixes in front of me to the whole fucking. <laughs> which crowd. one was that one? <laughs> you know what, what you're doing. Oh, I know which one it is. <laughs> I was telling audio one. I'm like, he's. I said this is gonna come up or this one. He's like, boom, and it hit. And then in this one or this one, and then boom, it hit. It was one that he <laughs> told me. He's like, uh, you got that one for me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did give you. I did. I did say something on the mic. You usually said. I looked at you and I kind of gave you your props. I was like, yeah, this is. I didn't hear any of that shit. Ah, I don't know what he's talking about. It's on the recording. <laughs> but anyway, for him, when he's up there, he's like, it's all me. It's all me. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the guy. This is my shit. Nah, but uh, but shout everybody there. Uh, 143 Tommy What a fucking guy That guy is. Oh I love Tommy 143 is a great I fucking love his energy He's a great DJ Dude he's a great So fun DJ. See he's a guy That would have sold The fuck out Of the Careless of the Whisper Careless Whisper That guy's amazing That's why I like that dude DJ Jaimito <laughs> was there uh, Mike Wu uh, Mike Mike uh, Maxwell Sorry Maxwell was there But there was a bunch Of listeners at the, From the podcast DJ Looney was there wow. They all showed love and it's, a, it's a great party Honestly, like, you know. So much fun. Like, I always talk about everyday people. I talk about, you know, good parties. This is one of them. R&B and ribs, it's. And it's, it's once a, a month. It's once a month. Yeah, he's in a, he's in a uh, change. He's doing San Jose in July 3rd, I believe. Oh, dope. So mm. look out for that one. Yeah, it's it's a fucking vibe. And shout to Nopa, man. I'm very happy did, for you, man. And I did a Rich Harrison set, too. Nice. Yeah. I played one thing <laughs> into Crazy in Love into Get Right. Yeah. Where you get so, the idea? Congratulations! Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that that was just for that's the, a, that's a stellar. That, that, uh, <laughs> that, 
Fuck y'all. I did that because there was <laughs> listeners in the fucking place. And I'm like, they're going to get this part. I, I did a Rich I, Harrison set. <laughs> that was for the listeners. That was for y'all. Fuck you guys. Ooh, get right? Wow. wow. One thing? Never Ooh, heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you dig this one up? <laughs> Damn, son. Where'd you find, Where'd you find this one? <laughs> We're being hard on you. I'm sorry. No, no, Pause. it's fine. I'm sorry, man. It's no, fun. no, no. He, he did it. it was fun, man. Like, I wish y'all were there, man. Mm-hmm. It was just such a vibe. I'm sad I missed I wish y'all were there, and I wish there was a blunt around. I really wanted... <laughs> the blunt. I said I the really, blunt. I really wanted a joint there was or something. A part, there was a point where one of the homies was running a blunt, and I said, yo, I found a blunt. And he says, you know I know. I, I look yeah. like such a fucking moocher fiend, because I started, like, hanging out with, like, dudes who were, like, rolling and smoking, <laughs> just being like... Hey, maybe they'll recognize me. You know, like, because the thing is, like, some motherfuckers will come up. They be like, "Oh, roll podcast." You know, yeah. I was just waiting for someone to be like, "Oh, roll podcast." Like, you you want to hit? I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's up? Man? Thank you so much." Yeah, I'm so glad you listened to the podcast. Like, I would, I was just waiting for that. Like, did it never happen? Nah, never happened. And then when just I just word to the wise man, if you do have a blunt and we're at a party like that, and you see her, by all means. You're welcome to come. I'll buy you a shot. I will, let's have a shot. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Smoke me out. Smoke me out. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate oh, that. Man. I appreciate that. I'm not, look, look, I'm not encouraging. Don't hand me like drugs and shit. Don't hand me like a bag. Just weed. Like a bag of Coke or something. If you got some shrooms too, I'll take some shrooms too. <laughs> I don't want no Coke or ecstasy. Some weird no, no, no. shit. Yeah. Only earthy grown <laughs> drugs for him. I mean, all of that shit is kind of from the earth, maybe. <laughs> kind of is the word. Cocaine is from, you know. Yeah, from the little thing. Coke Coke yeah. But I mean, yo, shrooms and weed. Just yo, for come up. Let's hang out. And Jameson. <laughs> but only in that setting. Oh, Johnny Walker. Man. I would have, I would have loved the blunt. We found yeah, the blunt. Man. We were, I was gonna go get him, but then fucking Audi One started playing these great fucking Afro. Uh, you got beats. a blunt? We saw the guy rolling the blunt. Yeah, but we didn't know him, motherfucker. You I can't know just him. Come I knew him. You're like, you know him. I said, yeah, but then, but, but you did nothing. And then Audio One started playing Afro beats, and we lost our shit. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I was still thinking about that. <laughs> <No. blunt. laughs> that was my. Fault. I was enjoying myself, but yeah. I was still thinking about With that her blunt. <laughs> anyway. You know, I hope this is the last time we have to talk about the Amory. You know, <laughs> so yeah. But I would love to get Sir Charles on the on that would be a dope call. And I talked to him through DM, and he's down. Right, and man. he has crazy stories. Like Ooh. he's got a crazy story about Rihanna uh, Pondy replay. Oh yeah, yeah. Got, oh yes. I mean, I, I would love he, to hear that. He said he's been working records and pushing records like this since like '87. Wow. So I can't even imagine. That crazy. And he's in New York, right? He's uh. I gotta find out. He's on the East Coast. I think uh, he's in DC, you know? He's uh, from DC, but I think he's on the East Coast. Oh, right okay. Now. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, we'll be back. We'll see y'all at Beyond the Music, if anything. Yes. Oh, yes. All right. We'll have a microphone and questions for everybody. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace. 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 Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.